This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Doesn't stand for baloney. No baloney out there. By the way, time. were you a fan of fried baloney? Loved fried yeah, baloney. Yeah, fried. I loved it. There we go. So I, I had my own had my own technique and everything. <laughs> yes. So I had fried I baloney had, was good. I had uh, which was a, like a precursor to the um, uh, the uh, George Foreman grill. It's called the Presto. It was that's this little grill thing. Was your picture on the box? I know it should have been. I, that's probably why I liked it so much. It was <laughs> the press everything but my everything but an end for my name. And I would take two pieces of bologna. Now, right. Here's the deal: when you fry bologna, you have to cut little slits on the ends of it. Yeah. Or it will curl up because of its shape. Right. So I would uh, I would fry two pieces of that, and then I would put American cheese on one, and then I would flip the other piece over. That's nice. And I'd make a little Sammy type thing out of that. But then I'd put it on bread. And mustard, mustard and some and lettuce. I would have lettuce on there you too. Can do lettuce, and that was my standard fried bologna sandwich. You know what? I can actually smell and taste it right now while I'm talking it. about it. I loved it. I you know what? It, it's time to have some. Fried it's time to have some more fried bologna. All right. So it's Marissa, what all the athletes are eating. Marissa asked this question on our uh, Twitter account, which is: uh, When's the last time you ate a bologna sandwich? Bring back bologna hashtag. And uh, it occurs to me. I've never had bologna in my life. Get out of here. Never. I've never had one bologna sandwich. I've never had fried bologna. I've never had any bologna ever. Do you not stand for bologna? No. Uh, You know what? I'll stand for it, I guess. stand for bologna. (laughs) You know what? I don't know if I can stand for it or not because I have no no, leg to stand on. Tomorrow on this show, I'll make your fried bologna sandwich. All right, yeah. All right? I mean, you know me. I'll I'll try anything. I need a a little, I need a grill. I need something I can heat it up in, but. I need a griddle. I can can bring a griddle. You got a griddle? Thank God you're a country boy. Uh, Yeah, I got Uh, cakes on the griddle. (laughs) I will tell you this. I, I think the way to go is with the fried bologna because that is the best version of bologna. Yeah. Well, uh, so Marissa just brought it to my attention. Tomorrow's Hoagie Day. Wawa's coming in. Oh. Uh, Maybe they can bring. Balloon. Oh, no, no, you press it. I'm like, going to do it. Right, right. Yeah. Oh. They, won't, they don't know my cutting the edge technique and all that stuff. I mean, they can bring ballooning if yeah. they want to. Uh, and we can have some baloney for Nick. But he should have it in a couple of different. Have right. you ever had it before? Maybe a, a baloney hoagie? Okay. It just wasn't the lunch meat of choice in my a house bologna. growing up. We had, the, you know, we would have ham okay. and we would have turkey. And, you know, my mom would hit the deli, you know, at least once or twice a week. <laughs> But uh, I just never had bologna as, as one of the options. Right. Uh, Tony Danza and bologna. Those yeah. two things kept out of the macaroni. That's right. right. No Tony Danza. And you know what? I'm going to get you old school. I'm, I'm not going to the deli. I'm going to go straight to the... Uh, to the, the Bologna-terium. No, I'm going to the <laughs> to the cooler where they keep just the Oscar Mayer uh, bologna. Ah, uh, standard. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to, I'm gonna you know, like the, the lunch stuff. What? I just, you know, I prefer the... The actual deli counter, like you're gonna have it my Beats way. Wants it. No, okay, you're gonna have it my Just way. Just discretion. But listen, they and, and we can have we can have varieties of bologna to sample. Right. But I'm gonna give you my standard. All right, Prestonelli sandwich. You want it with the mustard and the lettuce too? Yes. Okay, I you trust can, you. That's what you're gonna get. Do you All like right. mayonnaise? I don't like mayo. Okay, then no. I'm not on anything, it. I'm not a mayo. I mean, well, it's funny because I'll have like chicken salad or tuna salad, and that's okay. But uh, right. mayo as a condiment for uh, for a sandwich, no. Okay. What about a lubricant to, uh... Yes. Okay. Yeah, that, that apparently was only one time, and it was fat-free, and it didn't work out for him. <laughs> fat-free oh, mayonnaise? Like, yeah. Let's clarify. Not me, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I was not yeah, the you, one. Your buddy <laughs> used mayonnaise to, uh, to get off, right? It was not me. Yeah, well, and or so, Kathy's buddy did. Yeah. No, Kathy uses great pom Nick Nick's friend uses toothpaste. Toothpaste, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that guy works on Capitol Hill. And yeah. when we mentioned it on uh, Friday or whenever it was, I got a text from his roommate, the guy that lived with him, whose mayonnaise it was. <laughs> and so he said, it was fat 
not free, and he was really upset because it didn't work like the regular mayonnaise did. Wow. Huh. That's a good piece of advice there. If you are going to whack it using mayonnaise, make sure it's not fat free. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I got to believe that the toothpaste had to have been painful. My friend, yes. Will, this weekend, yes. we had uh, our, our friends stay over, and he was uh, getting ready to brush his teeth. And so you know how some of the toothpaste uh, containers will have a cap that stays on there. It's yeah. good you flip open. Yeah. Well, as he was flipping it open, apparently it flipped and then it flipped back and a tiny itty-bitty piece of toothpaste flew up and landed in right it. in his eye. Oh, no. And he said it was insanely painful. I've been there. When, yeah. If you're brushing your teeth and you just it flicks up a little yes. bit, you'll get it in your eye and it stings like a son of a bitch. Yeah. The things you learn. So let me dispense this little piece of advice, too. Please. In this time of, of uh, being aware of, of the sun and using... Uh, you know, sunblock. If you're using uh, uh, perspiration uh, free, or or uh, you know, the what were they called? The, the, when you go Andy into the water, or no, um, you can keep it on the sunblock that is very water resistant. Yeah, it's waterproof. I guess whatever yeah. the technical, whatever word they like to use. Mm-hmm. Keep it as far away from your eyes as possible uh-huh. because if it gets into your eyes, you really can't do anything because it's resistant oh, yeah. to being diluted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I've had that happen many times. Oh, it, it just, wash it out. your nose starts running like crazy. It's a nightmare. Oh, so keep okay. it, up. like, in, in fact, I will put it up, like, from my cheeks down and put a much lighter sunblock on top of my head so that when I sweat it yes. doesn't run down into my eyes. Yep, mm. I believe that. Yeah, <clears throat> that's how right. painful it is. That, so don't Jacket with fat-free mayonnaise right. and be careful of your water-resistant sunblock. Yeah. Or I hope this has helped. By the way, someone wants to point out that the reason that Nick has ever never had bologna is because uh, bologna and raisins don't go together. Yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> Keen observation. Not, probably not true. It would just Premium. roll off. That's not true. That sounds disgusting. Bologna and raisins? Yeah. It actually sounds amazing. Okay. Are you out of... You're out of your mind. You're <laughs> out of order. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, dude, you you made a cheese board that essentially had bologna and raisins in it. You know, you had yes, you had little grapes. It and, also and, had ducks. Okay, so there there were grapes in it, and yes, there were there were like prosciutto and, and uh, gabagool and all these things. <laughs> yes. Okay. Whatever. And all you say bologna and raisins sounds disgusting. <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up because yes. the new Daily Rush video yes. is uh, the title is WWE Superstar Drew Gulak. And it says, Drew wanted to try Preston's edible charcuterie board, so we served him a taste from the top rope. And, of course, this is when Casey <laughs> is hand-feeding it to him, and he's doing, like, the airplane. And Casey goes, all right, all right, from the top turnbuckle, here we go. It's hilarious. I can't get over how nice that guy was. Drew was super nice. Yeah, it was just such a cool interview. And, by the way, I made a third oh. charcuterie, oh edible charcuterie well, board this weekend. Uh, You're from, like a pro now. For my friends. Yeah. This one was actually the worst of the three oh. that I've made. So yeah. You waited to make the worst one for your I friend. Did I, I've got you know it's it's uh, it's a little persnickety. Everything has to be just right, and uh, is the, I'll, it, I'll perfect it eventually. Is the big risk element uh, the actual dough itself? Yes, yes, getting yeah. it just right, and yeah, exactly. That's the thing, and yeah. different. Uh, you know, I, I get them from grocery stores, the pre-made dough, and if it's and this it's one, I be didn't. A good one. This one I didn't let uh, sit out to room temperature. I, I rolled it out when it was cold, and it just didn't. It didn't work out. I'm trying to forget. Get, that. get off his back, Marissa. Can we talk about the other food revelation? you had this weekend? The other food? Oh, yeah. So uh, we went out to breakfast. Mm-hmm. And the reason Marissa brings this up is because I sent her a picture of it. We had a table pancake. Whoa. I knew you were going to say that. And that was that was my son Carter's idea because they had uh, like a cinnamon bun pancake stack. And what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a table pancake. Oh. A table pancake. So we'll be having a table 
pancake. Pancake. <laughs> and so we ordered a pancake for the table, and we just kind of picked that. Just one pancake? Very good. Uh, no. Uh, let me get the syrup, Captain. <laughs> it was a short stack. Uh, and it was uh, and it was tasty, Marissa. It's a, it's a novel idea. So Excuse was, me, Gosson. Would you fry my bologna? I think we were all having something savory, ah. you know, like eggs and, and, and sausage and bacon and stuff like that. So as a little dessert, Nick, it's like a little dessert, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it was our table pancake. Nice. Okay, we actually had a table steak last night. Uh, I've never <laughs> had that before. Table steak. Table steak. What, uh, what did you just slaughter the cow on the table? <laughs> no, so I, ha- I grabbed dinner with my wife and Chuck and his wife. And we had all ordered our entrees, but Chuck was really, he, he knew what he wanted, and then they brought the specials out, and this well, the one special was the steak Denver or Denver steak or whatever, and so he ended up ordering, he's like, if I order a steak for the table, will you guys all eat it? And sure enough, we did. All so right. we had a fifth entree huh. that we all consumed. Took of. Yeah. Okay. Did you cut it into four pieces, or did everybody just kind of take a little slice and... Uh, no. Nibble off of it. So let me ask you this. All right, because, I want to see what your etiquette is here. Uh, because Chuck was the first to dive into the steak, and he cut off a little sliver for himself, and he brought it over and start, and, and put it on his plate. Mm-hmm. I, however, did not have enough room on my plate to do that. So what I did is I cut a sliver off of the steak, and then I ended up, and by the way, I asked for a steak knife twice, and we never got one. So I had to cut the steak with a butter knife. And so I I. Cut a sliver off, and then I cut that up into, I don't even know, like six pieces, and I left it on the steak plate uh, for myself because I didn't have enough room. I also didn't want to double dip with my mouth fork. You know what I'm saying? I understand. All right. right. Okay. My mouth Uh, fork. So (laughs) somebody start taking your pieces? Chuck did. Okay. You probably should have said something. I probably should have said something, but yes. I wouldn't have done the same thing. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Just, just helps himself to whatever food you have, he's whether a, it's at a, your house, on your plate, in your mouth, in the sink, in or the trash sink. can. Yeah. He will go for it, Marissa. So, this is an issue, Casey, because it happens with me and my boyfriend all the time. Uh, we'll share dishes all the time, but sometimes I'll like cut one little piece, and then that piece is too big, so I'll cut it in half. But I'll always take the bite that I don't want first, and then say and then he takes really good. And then he always <laughs> takes the one that I cut. Yeah, you, all the time. I tend and you guys to break up. No, no, <laughs> no. But if I you're like cutting him. a piece, but if you're cutting a piece, <laughs> it's and like and there's uncut pieces. The person who cut the piece gets that piece they cut. I understand. Yeah, I think we all tend to, or at least I tend to, leave the best pieces last. Like, I tend to, like, when a a plate of French fries or whatever, I I make sure that my last fries are the best fries. So I'll eat the... the, That's dangerous. It is. Well, leaving them because you don't know what the temperature is going to be towards the end of the meal. And so, like, you are running the risk of them cooling off too much. Yeah, I don't mind that either, though. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, Mm. when you buy, when you eat a steak... Which I probably, don't. Well, when you eat, a, you eat steak? A, no. a filet of salmon or something like right. that, do you cut as you eat or will you cut it all so that when you're ready to salmon go? Salmon is so flaky, I just use my uh, my you, fork. You just use your fork. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not left with these these dilemmas that you have to deal with. Yeah. The, the same. You know, like I don't, uh, I, I cut as I'm eating. Yeah, I, I cut as I cut. cut. Yeah. Why, yeah. you cut it all up? I like have a little Mommy kid? comes in and cuts it for yeah, me. Yeah, right? Yeah. I kind of like being able to just 
Go, right? So I'll just take, I will take so the how, time. How, time is always of the essence. Just, time is always of the essence, but I, so I, that's what but I will do. it all evens out because you take the time to cut it in the beginning. No, right? no, no. It's completely different, Preston. <laughs> but you do your work at the beginning of the I meal. I do my work at the beginning of the meal, so right. then I don't have to work. I got it. For my food, <laughs> right. you know? Like, I it's, can just get to it. You know what it's like, which is another one of your habits? You like putting, occasionally, you like putting the, the cream and the sugar in the bottom of the mug. Not so occasionally, that, every time. Every time. So yeah. that, that way you don't have to stir because stirring's <laughs> a lot of work. Oh, my God. You get so tired. My shoulder is so efficient. Yeah. Uh, it by is the way, efficiency. real quick, I'm sorry to jump in. Uh, I don't see any text on the screen uh, here, just to let you guys know. I see some people on hold, but I see no text, so I don't, I don't know what uh, who's on the line or what they're referring to at all. Uh, interesting, though, with your, uh, you know, stealing of the food d- dilemma there, uh, Casey. But um, well, I think, I think you need stealing. to... I know, but it, it, misunderstanding, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. You, you should probably... Say hey, I cut those up for me. Who, who got to maybe decide? these are not the friends for you? <laughs> yeah, who who made the decision on how the steak was cooked? We that, it was a it was a group decision, and we all decided that yes, uh, medium was was good. Okay, yeah, we were we were all okay. I with hope that. you were filming this. <laughs> it's a safe way to go. Right. I think so. All right. Well, anyway, uh, I don't even know how we got started on that part. Uh, table I, bacon. I mean, not table bacon. Bologna. Table, <laughs> we started with bologna. Pancake. I have an bologna. Yeah. You're right. making me bologna tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Kathy had pointed out that the car fire on the Schuylkill Expressway was carrying... There we go. Bologna. Bologna. Yeah. Yeah. We have retro... Fitted the whole story oh, yeah. until that. All right, so all right, so burning right, anyway, now. What else? Um, now there was initially what I was going to bring up was this story at the uh, Tour de France. Yes, uh, and you guys enlightened me to it. I missed it from the weekend. That apparently it was crazy at the start of one of the the legs. I'm not sure which one. It was the, the very start of the race. Like it, it was the <sighs> just underway because basically they were all bunched in on each other. No one had separated. I mean, it's right at the beginning. Is this the first heat? It was the... st- it was stage number one. Stage like, one, okay. Yeah. So if, if you missed it, a woman is standing off to the side, and she's holding a big cardboard sign. And apparently that cardboard sign essentially says, go grandma or yeah. granddad or something like that. <laughs> and somebody hits it, and boom, falls down. And then, of course, if you're in the front and you fall down, when the race is that tight, uh, everybody's going to wipe out. And like 50 Hi, people... Grandma. Like fifty people collapsed or or were gummed I, I, it up. It was and... it was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. And she was like leaning out in front of one of the riders, which is how it all happened. And he, it, it he caught him. Caught sign, him. Yes, caught him. He fell, and then it was just a chain reaction from there. By the way, she boom took yes. off. She's gone. They they're looking know, for. They her. don't know who she was, and they're looking for her. They're oh saying. They're saying she. Well, now they have tons of footage of sure. her, yeah. uh, but they're saying she could be looking at a year in prison. Oh my god! It's yeah. not uncommon, though. I mean, at, the, at races, like people are just holding up signs all over the place. You're. It's. It's been a constant problem where people like crowd into the roads way too much, and so uh, I'm surprised that this is like, oh. you know, as bad as it's gotten. Yeah. And you're right. The guy who initially fell over immediately behind him, he gets run. His head gets yeah. run yeah. over, Ugh. and you figure that's good. somebody who's weighing. You know, yeah. the the the, uh, the bike riders are kind of you know they're lighter, so I would imagine at least like 180 pounds or something like that, or mm-hmm. somewhere in that 150 180 pounds going on that small little bike tire right over the guy's head. Yeah. Do we know how fast they were going, Steve? Did I hear you they're, say like 30 at this point, or was it too early? I think it was too They, they appear to be going like around tw- uh, tw- 20. Look, I mean, it's, it's a good... They're not, they're not, they're not boom, crazy pumping. They're, they, have, they go so fast. I'm sorry, Kath. No, I was just going to say, I, I mean, I don't know when they started, but at least they had <sighs> they had picked up some speed. It looks gnarly. I mean, and, but when they, they cut to an aerial shot, you just see bu- cyclists sprawled all over the... Uh, the street. It was in so tight, you had nowhere to go. You just had to keep 
and after into the person in front of you. Yeah, like after uh, like a few people got by, and then after that, you couldn't. They couldn't even get by. So what did they do? I don't know. How did the race continue? Well, right. there's some people that actually were injured and couldn't cannot continue. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah. But I mean, like, look. So look at this shot yeah. that we're looking at. No one, no cyclists can get by. So right. did they restart the race? Did no, they, I don't no. know. No, I think, they can't. Like you yeah. just you you, you get what you get and you don't get upset. And Damn. so there were a couple of people who you can see they just grabbed their bikes and they kind of like tiptoe over oh, everybody. Really? Yeah, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and terrible. you know what? It's it's interesting seeing that guy's head get run over. Casey, was it you that was showing me pictures of, uh, or maybe I just found this online of uh, people's helmets after they had uh, fallen. You, yeah, you or, had just fallen it, fallen it, found it. Yeah, it's uh. it's crazy. You know how those those helmets? Oh my god! Save your life did, on a bicycle. What did we do? Did you have did you have a, a, a helmet stuck under your car I one did. time? Yeah. You brought yep. it in. Yep, and it. Had, it had filed and it shaved it yeah. down like it looked like Frankenstein's helmet. There was uh, I was on uh, I would think I was on Route One, yeah. And a, a vehicle in front of me it was a, a motorcycle had a helmet, an extra helmet hanging on the back. Yeah, they went over a bump like something like that. The helmet popped off. It went underneath my van. Yeah, and as soon as it hit, it, it was like funk. <laughs> as I'm driving along, that's all I heard, and I pulled over. And it was wedged in so tight I couldn't get it out. Right, of there. right, right. And so I had to drive all the way home with that stuck underneath my my yeah. vehicle, <laughs> and it wore it all the way down. And eventually, I, it stopped scraping. And when I got home, it was still under there. But it was it was like yeah. smooth. It was so filed down, yeah. but it, it peeled off so much. But you can see why those things will save your life. Yep, absolutely. So with this woman uh, being at the uh, you know. Essentially interfering with yeah, this whole thing. The Tour de France. Uh, I wasn't sure if there were any stories that you guys had or anybody has of of interfering with a with a sporting event uh, because oh, there are like people. on the sidelines and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there are people who you know actually pick up a ball that was yeah, not yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know um, that's still in play and they don't know it is. Yeah. Or the thing that I that always drives me crazy and it's part of the deal. And this is you guys as, as baseball fans can I'm, I'm sure back this up. But when you see somebody in the stands who catches a ball that a player could conceivably oh, catch yeah. and, and robs that team of the out. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Meyer uh, in 1996 um, cost the uh, the Orioles the ALCS because he, he caught a ball that was uh, in play and uh, the Yankees ended up going on to win that game. They, they counted it as a home run. It should have yeah, been. The dude from, with the Cubs. Uh, uh, Steve, Steve uh, Bartman. He had to go into hiding. Yes. I mean, he, his life in Chicago was ruined. Yeah. And wow. listen, well... We can talk about Steve Bartman for a long time, but the, it wasn't his fault that the Cubs lost the series. His play interfered, and it, it was a pivotal pivotal moment. But it wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't on the mound that gave up the next three runs. What happened? I don't remember. Steve Bartman uh, interfered with a ball that probably Moises Alou probably could have caught in left field. And if if Moises Alou had caught that ball, the Cubs, in all likelihood, would have gone on to win that game. So, so this so, guy, wait, hang on, the guy yeah. you're talking about is in in the stands. Yeah, you can see him. Oh, in the and smoke. you know his name just because it, he was so. It's a huge scandal. Yeah. So he's okay. sitting there listening to the game. He has his headphones on, and Casey's right. It ruined his life in Chicago, and he became this this villain in in the whole town because the Cubs hadn't won it. a World Series in forever. This was 2003. They ended up winning the World Series in 2016 or whatever. Well, let me let me ask you this. So, like, with so here at the Tour de France, and and, and you said, okay, all well, the bikes roll over, and that's it. It doesn't matter. You pick up your bike and go. There's there's no reset, no nothing. When a ball travels into the in, in a in a major league baseball game, and a ball travels into the stands or is heading there, 
What is what is the rule? I mean, if it's going to be in play, you are not, as a fan, you are not allowed to interfere with it, right? So if uh, uh, I went to a Phil's game a couple of weeks ago and we sat in um, uh, in right field, Steve, right. and right in front of us is the fence. So we, we, I was lucky enough to get front row seats in right field. The fence, the top of that fence is where the home run counts. If it goes above that fence, it's a home run. If it's a micrometer below the fence, if it bounces off of it right. and comes back into the field of play, it's it's not a home run. So what if a what if a an outfielder is able to and we've seen it happen arch back and yep. catch it over the fence? If I were to interfere with that player, I could I would be ejected uh, and I could um, it, I could cost the team a run. So at, at so, what point do you determine that you have to well, protect yourself as a ball is coming over? I would for me as a savvy yeah. fan, the moment you sit down in those seats, you have a responsibility yeah. to know what the rules are. Yeah. Ah, it's interesting. But I think, but Steve, I think your question is, it's not like football where if it breaks the plane of the line. Right, yeah. That it's a, that you can, you, a player can reach over that fence if he can get up high enough and, and rob him of the... Uh, yeah. I'm surprised the that there's not more interference in the NBA games, to be honest. I mean, especially, yeah. you know, with, with courtside fans and, like, just being as close as they are to the action. Yeah, when I went to the Eagles game in Buffalo a couple of years ago, I bought a single ticket in the end zone... I was and like front row. I was like, man, if I if I could catch a football on a kickoff or something like that, yeah, dude. Did I tell you? The no, guy, the guy next to me caught a kickoff. What? The guy right next to me. I'm watching this thing come in from like seventy yards away. I was like, I'm actually going to catch a football. It's like the movie Remedial. <laughs> it's a lot like that. Uh, but you're not allowed to keep the football. But they will give you a, a, a like a replacement football. It's a legit NFL football. Really? It's just They'll not, give you one? Yeah, it's just not from that game. They right. have X amount of footballs that they use per game. I didn't know that. They have kickers, footballs, blah, blah, blah. So so the guy came over. He goes, I need the football back. He's like, I'll come back and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll give you another one. Sure enough, they gave him like a legit football. I had heard years ago, and you can tell me whether this is true or not, that it, maybe it would depend upon the stadium. But obviously not now. It doesn't take place because of what you just said. But yeah. that you could... Keep the ball, but you had to leave the game. You, well, really? so he could have done that. He could have okay. taken that football and darted out of the, the stadium. And that, yeah, he could have done that. So, okay. so what if, like, in a hockey game, if you catch a hockey puck in your mouth, yes. um, can you get to keep that? You get, to keep you get that season tickets. And yeah. all your teeth. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to keep the puck, obviously, but uh, if a stick comes over the boards, you're supposed to return that. But one time I was at a Flyers game, <laughs> a stick came over the boards. And, you know, it was sort of a scramble for it. Nobody could find it. You know, some of the ushers came down looking for it, and it just sort of disappeared into the crowd. And about two minutes later, I saw a guy walking up the steps, and it looked like he had, like, a hip injury. And he was like, (laughs) (laughs) he had shoved the stick down the right side of his pants, and he was laboring up the steps, and it looked like he had one peg leg. And he worked his way out of the the venue. He worked his way out of the Wells Fargo Center with the stick in his pants. God, I remember one time it was at... Uh, University of Missouri, the football team, had won a big game, and it was one of those where they tear the, the goalposts down. Ugh. And they had uh, somebody got it back to one of the fraternity houses. Uh, goalposts? Yeah, one of the goalposts. Right. Like no they way. ripped it down. And oh they, my God. Yeah, I don't know. I never heard what ended up happening after that, but they got it to the party. What do you do with that after I, a while? You know, Are you still going to hold on to this goalpost? Yeah. I get rid of it. Yep. Uh, but as far as like messing things up in an actual right. game and stuff. And what I, the rules are. And what the rules are. So I had in college, because listen, I, I um, umpired like softball, which, right. you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Intramural softball. That's not that big of a deal. But and I also, when I was in college, I was part of the chain gang for football, which 
I was terrified that I was going to mess something up because this is a collegiate football game. I also was a ball boy for the soccer team, which you can colossally, coloss, colossally, colossally yeah, mess something up there. But then I was also a line judge for volleyball, like le- legit collegiate volleyball. Really? And you have to make these calls on whether or not it's in or out. And I would have these women yelling at me because right. they, they're like, that's it. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? And that that's gotta be tough as a as a as an official. Yeah. You have to make a call, but you know every now and then you second some people would have to second guess I might have been out, but I'm saying it's not because I what I saw was in. You know? So is yeah. the safe move to write at the bat say, I'm not sure. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with this one. I'm taking my best yeah. guess here. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. I didn't know that you were a line judge. Yeah, I was. I love, I, and I loved it. So it, I got to like hang. So the our gym was under uh, construction. So we all of our home games were at Bryn Mawr College, maybe. So I would take the bus rides with the with the ladies Same volleyball soccer. team. Ooh, wow. Yeah, you know how yeah. much ass I got from that. Yeah, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, it's like when the, the yeah. Swedish bikini team needed to yeah. guys to oil them up. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, they they're looking for this uh, this woman uh, who held this sign out, like Steve was saying, she could face some jail time. They're saying a year. Yeah. But this happens at those races sometimes, right? It's, sometimes they plow into people all the time. Why yeah, do they never. let them get so tied up on the road? Because I mean, you can't. I guess you can't cover every. That's exactly. It's you're talking long. about miles yeah. and miles right. and miles. Every and miles. hundreds of miles per stage. Every yeah. league. Yeah. Every stage yeah. is is 120, 150 miles long. So it's just they it go through the countryside in France. So you wow. can't regulate just all have of kill it. Killbox patrol yeah. the area. I mean, I'm surprised because they have these like like support and chase vehicles that are yeah. on there with. How them do as they well? get to them? Uh, like they're, I'm, but they're booking along on yeah. these motorcycles yeah. and these cars and stuff. Do you remember, was it last year or two? No, it had to have been two years ago where the dude did to jump over the racers, the riders as they were going through, they were going through this. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. So this dude built a ramp. And so when they were going through this hillside, as the, the Peloton was coming through this particular area, this dude went downhill and then literally ramped over all of the riders. On a bike? On a bicycle. Wow. Yeah. By the way, Peloton? Yeah, it's, I guess, what they call the group of riders. Yeah, that's where I they got the name. never knew that. Yeah. yeah. I always thought that was just a company name. Nope. Yeah, how about that? I did not know that. You learn stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. Fried bologna, <laughs> Peloton. So a Peloton yeah. is the group of, of uh, the pack. The yeah. massive group, yeah. Yeah. And then there's the leader group. Son and... of a bitch, yeah. I've been living a lie for the last five You years. know what I don't like, though? Is what? that they refer- It's like the Borg. Come on, Peloton. And the, the people who are the uh, the yeah. trainers. Come on, Peloton. Come on, Peloton. I know they can't nanny to say by name who you are, but it seems a little Borgy, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. You Resistance is futile. Uh, we're looking at video of this guy doing the the ramp jump over the Peloton. And yeah, that's insane, dude. Man, you said Peloton; it was so good. It just rolled you said right it, yeah. off the tongue there. Didn't now you it? know it. You've made yeah. the word your own. Mm-hmm. That word is your bitch. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, anyhow, it's interesting. If you have not seen the uh, the video yet, you can. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh no. Is this? Hey, yeah. All right. I want to go to the oh, Somebody oh. messing this up. Let me go to. <laughs> let me go to Kenny. Hey, Kenny. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. What's up? So we're having a league game for Billards at um, it was Showboat Casino back when that was still its thing, and I mean it's down to just a few balls left on the table. A drunk woman comes by, <laughs> picks up a billiard oh! ball, picks up the boy, and we're screaming at her. She's like, "I just wanted to look at it. I don't know what the problem is." Oh my god! Oh. So I mean, security grabs her. They kick her out. 
and then we had a judge come over, and he's, all right, well, I mean, this is for prizes. This is for money. This yeah. is the main prize was to go to Vegas. Like, we're in the finals. <laughs> so um, what they decided to do was all the points stayed the same, and we're just re-racking, and we're going from there. So oh, wow. Instead of, yeah, that's that was the best decision we could come up with. And both teams agreed to it, and we went, all right, that's what we do. Did you end up winning? No. <laughs> so it worked Drunk. out. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. Oh, were, were you in that particular game? Were you guys ahead? Did, or We were only two balls behind, but, I mean, you know, who knows what would have happened. Yeah, I mean, Because exactly. of how everything was set up on the board, and I can't even remember where everything was set up, but, you know. We had shots. We had shots planned out. But well, that, that that's like when people sit down and you hear about it all the time at the casinos in general. If they sit down and, and you know, screw up the flow of the table. Yeah. So, like, real neophytes do that all the time. And you see people spill their drinks on the table. people get so pissed. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Same deal. Thanks, Kenny. I hope that woman's Jeez. in hell. <laughs> I hope that Go to woman hell. is in hell right now. Wow. All right, well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in a moment, and we got some hellish stories from the Bizarre File to share with you, so that will be next. Make sure you stay with us, because we'll be right back. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him, too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes? You guessed it. Weekly. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Yeah, we're going to have Derek Pitts on in a few, and they're doing this launch. And, uh, I mean, it's happening in 10 minutes. It's actually minutes and 55 seconds until launch. So why not uh, cover the audio live? And uh, we'll watch some of this and listen to what's happening. And uh, then we can talk to Derek and see what his thoughts are. These Uh, guys are not in the classic position that we're used to. I mean, these guys are basically sitting. Sitting upright? Upright. Round Mm -hmm. table. And they're sort of, they're all facing each other. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, yeah. So you're not even looking out the window? Uh, <laughs> I, there are windows all the way around the head of the <laughs> the unit. Uh, but, yeah, I, that's the way they chose to do it. Um, so do we have, or have we patched into the audio? Uh, yeah. I want to hear if it's working here. Do we have it? Yeah, Jeff's actually going to come in with a, with a, what was it, a tray oh. of uh, right, so <laughs> compoyo or I'm something gonna, like I'm going to ride this audio up and down a little bit here, but um, so you have, you have, the yeah, oldest right. uh, person ever in space going up. Her name is her last name is Funk. Right. Uh, she was an astronaut candidate for a long, long time. You have the youngest person ever going to space, an 18-year-old from so, Denmark, I believe. I believe his father paid his way. Is that the deal? He was the oh, only wow. paid passenger. I on haven't the... really dove into all the details. I should probably know this stuff, but I haven't. I think that's this this story. He is the one person who bought his way onto the flight. There was an option to do that. Uh, I don't know if that was done through Omaze or whatever. Not this one. I think this one literally cost $28 million. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So, so the dad is apparently very wealthy. He's doing okay. Yeah. And uh, you have the richest man right. in the world going up as well. And his well. brother. Yeah, he's, he's taking his brother along. Yeah. So 
That's a that's a that's a pretty interesting and cool hand picked. Well, yeah. some hand picked. Uh, I guess they wanted. I guess they wanted all those elements here. The oldest person, the youngest person. They have already got the richest person and the richest person's brother. Yeah. yeah. Take yeah. my bro. Uh, so the launch is taking place in Texas. And um, have you heard a few the people? Is it there that they uh, they weren't expecting how noisy it was going to be? The people that are yes. in surrounding communities. Right, right. You mean the rocket launch? You didn't think that was going to be that noisy? Well, they're, in, they're in Van Horn, Texas, which when you look at it, it's, it's real. But, but it's still the launches are heard. No. Yeah, you know, a, a great distance. So you guys know a little bit. I know nothing about this. Is this not a place where a rocket has been launched before? Correct. I mean, well, as far as a space program, they've right. been testing and stuff like that there, and, okay. and sending stuff up already. But... This will be a case where, again, where the capsule detaches and comes down vis-a-vis a parachute, and then the the large booster portion of the rocket returns to Earth as well. Intact. All right, so they talked to Houston, right? That was a you know, it was a command right. center. And then Love Lines. Do they ever did they ever land in Houston? No. Okay. No, no, no. They uh, land in California. They would uh and occasionally in Florida. Yeah. Most of the time I think they were at yes. Edwards, right? In in California. Is that the one out in the desert in the Mojave? Uh, you're talking about the space uh, yeah, yeah. about the um uh, the space the shuttle. shuttle. Yeah. Yes. And every now and then they would land in Florida for whatever reason they couldn't land out west. Uh I don't know about the Florida one. Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not really sure. I know there are very specific reasons on where they land. I think it's, is it White Plains? Not New York. Or White Sands? White Sands. Was the yeah. alternate location right. yes, where they could right. land? Yes. Yeah. So Edwards Air Force Base in California and then uh, an alternate place, yeah, present White Sands Space Harbor in New Mexico. And Xfinity Live. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem like enough space It there. does not seem. So we're at T minus five minutes and 12 seconds. Yep. And it still continues to go down. So they're in the... Uh, the launch phase. Obviously, this is interesting because you have the world's wealthiest man sitting there. Yeah, yeah. and listen, and he's, he's he's put up. I mean, you know, that's pretty wild. Yeah, and but you know, also consider the the dangers involved too yeah, about it. the wealthiest person in the yeah. world going up on something like this. You know, I mean, as far as things, I mean, you know, God forbid, but things do happen, and that's part of the risk. In a minute here, I'm going to turn it up, and we can listen to what they're saying. We're just kind of talking over what they're saying, but we're coming, we're zeroing in on three minutes uh, to launch, so we may want to hear a little bit of the coverage and, and see what we can glean from that. So, but yeah, we're getting into yeah. the business end of this. Cast. Right at about three minutes. I'm not sure who the commentators are, but here we go. Uh, Dan asking, how long will they experience weightlessness once this rocket lifts off? It's a few minutes. It's like. 11 minutes is the total flight time, I think. Oh, President, it's the head of NASA and Bubba the Love Sponge. It's like four or five minutes, I think. Glad he got a job. Yeah, it's it's either four or five, and the final figure is dependent on exactly how efficient the BE-3 engine is, because liquid-fueled engines always burn slightly differently than what their baseline is. The windows are huge on this penis. They are gigantic. Yeah, Yeah, the head of the penis has tremendous windows. The the abilities you've pointed out many times now, Preston, we live in a day and age where the cameras and the technology as far as high-definition video and streaming is is unlike anything we've ever seen. That's why I can't wait until a moon project. All right, they're retracting the the arm that goes out to the capsule now. (laughs) I want to hear some banter from the capsule. I want to hear them going back and forth checking We're systems see and so on. Whatever the best and most stable camera views are. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the launch as we get up on team So with 20 seconds to go, let's listen in for the launch oh, of cool. the first crew. Let's go live audio. System. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. Command engine start. 2, 1. 
Well, they got some cool audio from high up. I don't know if they, they had a drone. drone. It had to be. It's a beautiful angle. Dude, it's totally a penis. It yeah. is. Yep. One small step for man, one giant step for huge space penises. <laughs> Listen to the roar of the BE3 engine. We are just about to pass through max Q, maximum dynamic pressure. Those when the stresses on the vehicle are at their maximum. It's already at 500 miles an hour. Max Q. Max Q is confirmed. 20,000 feet. Max Q refers Beautiful to. burn on that BE3 Queef. engine. Look at that. Liquid hydrogen. The engine is normal, too. Imagine the teams that they're pulling in in that rocket right now. now. Probably Um, not as much now. I love fish, I guess. I love fish, I guess. This isn't working. We've got a problem. There's less resistance. uh, I don't like this. Why did I have Scrapple for breakfast? Why did I have Scrapple on a milkshake? I was a big mistake. I should have had it. Gravity. Zero G, so yeah. Zero G, there you go. They're at zero G. Do they have something floating around the cabin? I hope. Actually, so. slowing down yeah, a little bit too. I'm sure they do. Yeah, now they're at. Uh, they have that brand muffin? They're at about fourteen hundred miles per hour. And, it's amazing. Uh, Two hundred and ninety thousand feet. So not. They have cleared what is traditionally the uh, the very dangerous part of everything. Obviously, the initial launch. Yeah, and they're they seem well on their way. Yeah, because. Reentry is not going to be, uh, you know, like it normally is with uh, when they're returning from a an orbital flight. Hang on, they're, they're in the capsule. <laughs> They've got comms from the capsule. It sounds like nice. Oh, they're still going too. Look at that. They're up almost to three hundred and forty-five. What would have been a great stunt is at the zenith of this trip if he had ordered something from Amazon and it was delivered to him when it came to him. <laughs> oh, right? the ultimate yeah. PR. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so they'll uh, they'll make their way down now, and uh, we'll talk to Derek Pitts in a few minutes here. It is as phallic uh, a space yes. <laughs> trip as I've ever seen. Ever been created. Yeah. Without question. But uh, uh, So cool. it looks like it's um, the... Uh, the booster is already at 5,000, or, yeah, it's almost at 5,000 feet. It's coming down really It's coming fast. down at, at a circle. It's firing its rocket. Now it's at 2,000 feet. That's how quickly it's falling. It's yeah. a full-on free fall. Uh, so now it's at 500 feet. And now it's now it's boosters come on. The the rocket is on. Look at this thing. Oh, my goodness. It just landed. Uh, the new Shepard landed. 30 feet. Oh, boosters touchdown. Welcome down, back, down. new Shepard. Oh. Looked like it was tilting for a second there, but yeah. landed just Look like they designed that. it to. Yo, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of audio going on at the same time. But yeah, there we go. We just got to the booster. Has landed. Landed right in a, on a platform that was designed for that. A circle, essentially a target, almost dead center in the target. That's almost more impressive to me. I know. Landed. In that and, circle, but that's the whole the whole idea of this is to have the, these these reusable yeah. items so that you're not you know you can make it more accessible for more people. Look at this, we're watching the capsule. It's at thirteen thousand feet. I mean that's that's like half the height of of a commercial jet. So it's already yeah. most of the way down. And then after the, the uh, and it's in complete free fall. That's got to be kind of cool, falling like that. Stand by drone. Stand by. We're gonna need a doctor. <laughs> 
So it's already at uh, 7,500 feet. It's looking good. Oh. So their parachutes ought to be so popping up. So there yeah, there you go. Did, they're yeah. the, the stabilizing chutes. It's amazing. Out. Classic three parachute. <laughs> well, the, the main shoes will come out in a second. Those are just the stabilizers, yeah. it looks like. So. Um, but if I get so nervous right. watching that. Bam. Bam. And there you go. The main Pearl. sheets are out. Oh, it's got pretty velocity. colors. There they go. With that. The un- now, that should have the, the Amazon it logo right. on it, right? Right. Of course, New Shepard has redundancy. If even one of those shoots were to fail, the other two would be plenty enough. Uh, but three perfectly good parachutes. And yep. New Shepard and its first ever crew on its way to touchdown. All right, so it's Absolutely. at uh, 1,800 feet. So they went higher than um, the, the uh, Virgin Galactic, but they were up for a shorter amount of time. Okay. Uh, it is worth reiterating now. Um, that retro rocket will fire about a second prior to landing. But if the retro rocket should fail for whatever reason, um, it, the the landing is still more than survivable yeah. at 16, 16 miles an hour. More than survival. Yeah. It would still, it wouldn't be fun, but yeah, yeah, hitting yeah, at 16 miles an hour. We're but, okay. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> we can live. Everybody. Everybody, everybody would live. Right. <laughs> retro rockets. So. Floating back down, I'm, I'm wondering. Less than a thousand feet now. Ah, mm. oh, Jack Cameron, nice. Incredible coverage. I mean, that we're providing is what I'm saying. Uh, of course, yes. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I didn't want to say it myself, but it seems self-serving. But I'll say it. We are giving cre- incredible coverage of this flight. Way to go, us, really. Yeah, I mean, and uh, to sit here watch Blue Waffle launch successfully. The real I mean, Blue Origin. Who the drone? Who the drone? Uh, 250 feet. Oh, there's a drone. I had that drone. I got it on Amazon. Where are we dropping? It's right there. All right, watch these rockets fire here. It'll be at like uh, yeah. like 20 feet. A successful touchdown. A successful main Boom. voyage for wow. crew. That's awesome. And they landed. Yeah. And there you go. Oh, you can see this. So awesome. That's amazing. You can see the astronauts. Now. What Somebody, they should like do a cartwheel on the yeah, way out or yeah, something yeah. like that. I agree, Ariane. What? They'll probably be in there for a while. I'm guessing. So we, there's a split screen that we're looking at, and it's streaming on YouTube. There is a split screen of the booster, which is completely intact, in the center of this circle that they had set up for it to land, and then the capsule is completely intact and looking good. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, that's pretty damn cool. Man. That is awesome. Yeah. Any so, word on? Uh, he's there, man. Derek All right. Yeah, Let's he, see if we can bring him up. There, if so. I speak to him, we will hear him. Yep. Mr. Pitts, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Derek Pitts, the chief astronomer of the Franklin Institute. How are you, sir? How are you, guys? I'm good. I'm good. How about that flight? Yeah, was awesome. We were uh, we we put the audio up and we were live on the air with it, watching it the whole time, and was uh, was very impressive. Quicker than I thought it was going to be, uh, but very very cool. Yeah, it was really very cool. The great thing about it is that. All of the technology worked according to plan, and, uh, you know, they had done 16 flights, test flights before, and in those 16 test flights, they were able to see to it that not only the rocket motors worked properly, but the separation system worked properly between the booster and the capsule, and also that the parachutes would would deploy properly on time. Of course, that's really important. And then that last little puff right at the end to take the landing speed from 16 miles an hour down to just 2 miles an hour. And, you know, if you think about it, you think 16 is not so bad, but if you have a car crash oh, at yeah. 16 miles an hour, yeah, it's not too pleasant. So yeah. they really wanted to slow this right down. And I think, uh, you know, they'll be able to step out of the capsule and walk right around without any problem at all. So let me ask you, Derek, what, what, um, 
what kind of groundbreaking was done here today other than sending, you know, civilians of sort up into space? I mean, technologically, are there some things that are going to um, help improve space exploration from what we saw on the launch today? So what you saw today is proof of concept more than anything else. You know, they had this idea in mind of how they can get a technology to provide easier access to lower Earth orbit uh, with any kind of payload, even humans. And I think today you saw the proof of concept of that. So now what happens is the continued development of technologies around this particular rocket system, along with the SpaceX system and let's not forget the Virgin Galactic system, the innovations that come out of that are going to feed into the NASA program so that that improves their capability for space access too, and exploring the rest of the solar system. Because don't forget, all this is feeding into yeah. building up the technology necessary to get us back to the moon and eventually to go on to Mars. So while you might not think of this as being part of that, that's one piece. But then there's one other piece that I think is really exciting, and that's using these technologies to shorten the length of time it takes us to fly from one part of this planet to mm. another part of this planet. That's what so I imagine yeah. going from imagine going from Philly to Hong Kong in forty five minutes. Oof. I mean, and that that's the mind blower because from the beginning, I know Branson has been uh, talking about that particular take on all of this as far as expediting, you know, intercontinental travel in a way that would be remarkable with that kind of time as you say, to you know, to travel to Hong Kong. So all these applications, and, and everything sort of laid fallow for a while. And, you know, we were all excited by the, the initial Russian push. And in, the, in that time from President Kennedy challenging the scientists to get us to the moon, the amount of things that were invented that we still use today, it, it was just massive. So to have these billion, and I know a lot of people is like, oh, it's just a, it's a vanity project and so on and so forth. From all these things, there's so much additional information being gleaned so to me the most um the most fascinating is obviously the trip to to mars with uh, elon musk uh you know with everything that we're learning here today and with what you're seeing and, and i don't know if you're privy to anything beyond what we get where how long how far along is elon musk in his goal of realizing that dream well, he's getting much further along than anybody else's because he's building up the uh, he's building up the capability needed to take large payloads into space. So right now, right now, it takes multiple launches for us to put up enough stuff right. to actually build up anything. You know, it took us years to build the International Space Station, and what we really need is the capability to uh, take almost everything we need up to build an International Space Station or something like that in one or two flights rather than a hundred flights. You know, so uh, his work is really pushing that uh, that envelope along really, really fast. Derek, I have a two-part question. First of all, we're watching you. I assume you're in the Franklin Institute now. And if so, where are you watching or where did you watch the launch from? I'm in the Space Command exhibit. You can see Space Command behind me. There's our great image of the sun. And you can see we've got a, a rocket launch video of STS-135 behind me. And this is where I watched it from right here. That's amazing. And uh, we were just talking earlier about the ability to go see a rocket launch. Um, you know, you could go to Cape Canaveral and Wallops Island. Have you ever watched a rocket launch? And if so, uh, what was that like and where was it from? Oh, I've seen several rocket launches. Um, back during the 90s, uh, I so I have a number of close friends that are astronauts. So I've had invitations to rocket launches before. So I used to go down to watch the space shuttle launches. It's really exciting. It's spectacular because you've got this gigantic machine 
with all of this tremendous explosive power taking off of the launch pad. And, you know, for several of those launches, I had the really good VIP seats for you right up close. <laughs> not the cheap so, seats, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Not the cheap seats, no, <laughs> the really good seats. Uh, but the other thing about it is it's amazing that it takes such a short time for all this machinery to get up off the pad and out of sight. Right. So I actually count my views of space shuttle launchings as being some of the most expensive travel per second <laughs> yes. I've ever done because, you know, the flights back and forth to Florida because there was a delayed launch or something like that. And then finally getting to see the launch, but getting out of sight so quickly, it made, you know, the view per second really, really high. But I'd do it again in a minute. Uh, you know, to see like, a, of, and I, there was a documentary that I think CNN had produced it about, uh, it was the Apollo 11 launch and the whole program. And they had uncovered this widescreen, very, for the time, high-definition footage. It was just fascinating. When you see something like that, a rocket of that size, and, and the Saturn uh, Saturn V, um, you know, take off, you're basically looking at almost like a, 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 a building, as, you know, take off at, at that level and to, to achieve that, that speed. And that's decades ago. The amount of coverage... Yeah, that's decades ago. Yeah, yeah. amount of uh, coverage, and like we were just watching, they were getting drone shots of the liftoff that would only be something you'd see as a special effect in a movie now. It's got to rock you know your it, world. What's, well, what's, what's actually interesting about comparing and contrasting the two is uh, it, hopefully people have gone out to look for these. If you haven't, go online and find the slow-motion film of the Saturn V launches where the camera is pointed right at the exhaust of the, yeah. uh, of the rocket as it's taking off. These films have been slowed down mm -hmm. tremendously, but the resolution is extraordinarily high. And the description is just mind-boggling about, you know, describing what's happening at that point. As you're seeing these huge sheets of flame coming out of the exhaust, the exhaust skirts of the rockets. So we had that from the Apollo era and also from the space shuttle era where you can see the solid rocket boosters firing and things like that. Nowadays, we have this really cool technology that's very much like GoPro cameras that are mounted on the exterior of the boosters that look down the booster as the rocket's leaving the path. So now it's as if we can travel along with everybody on board, uh, even almost sitting outside on the rocket, watching as the rocket leaves Earth. And you can see the Earth getting smaller and smaller so behind cool. as you get up Amazing. above the surface. That's, that's really, really cool. Uh, I think there's there's one other thing that uh, two other things that we should point out about what's going on with this stuff. One of them is that as we look at the development of commercial space flight, the development steps that we see uh, it, everywhere along the way, from the very beginning of this commercial effort to where we have come today, almost exactly mimics what happened with the development of commercial flight, regular commercial air flight in the early 20th century, mm -hmm. almost step for step. That's where it wild. Starts out as the I. It starts out as the idea of somebody who had this crazy idea about flying mm -hmm. to actually building, you know, uh, an aircraft that could do it. And then you prove it at Kitty Hawk with the Wright Brothers flight. And then the next thing that happens is they have to figure out a financial model for this. So they look to the United States government where they get contracts to fly mail. And then this aircraft get big enough to carry people. And then that turns into commercial air flight we see now. Well, what we see in the space world is that exact same development in commercial space flight, step for step, almost the same thing. You mentioned the very cool uh, to see that. You mentioned Kitty Hawk and and uh, you know uh, being able to get into aeronautics and so on. And and if you look at the time frame between when that happened and when we eventually got on the moon, in a short amount of time, some amazing 
jumps forward in technology took place in a short amount of time. Um, are we still doing that? Are we still able to accelerate uh, technological advances like that? And will we see more of that type of advance with uh, things like this taking place? In many ways, it seems as if you know the rapidity of those technological advances has slowed a little bit. Uh, but I think with the advent of commercial industry in space exploration, we're going to see an acceleration of that. Excellent. And I know that, you know, what we saw today is going to inspire some kids in grade school yeah. to want to jump in on this and get involved in this. And that's just going to be that's just going to mean more innovation that comes out of this that then gets applied to the world we live in every day. So I think we'll start to see some of those upgrades uh, percolating into our everyday life. Which would be great. And all of these guys, you know, from uh, Musk to uh, to Branson to uh, to Bezos, they've all said that the, the goal is with this expenditure and with all of this stuff is to make space a reachable possibility for, you know, as you to, to liken it to the to regular commercial air travel to the regular person to get out there. I was reading a story today about their plans to perhaps <laughs> hold you know, go up to the to the edge of the of of the atmosphere with a, some sort of balloon apparatus and have a wedding reception. In, I mean, so, so if there's if there's innovate, I mean, it, it could be that. And so, you know, we I can assume we'll start to see a plethora of these types of things as we do this more and more. Correct. Yeah, it'll it'll be a new way to get high. (laughs) I'm just hoping that they'll create one where we can take all of the flat earthers at the same time and send them all up. (laughs) And then they'll come back down and go, it's round. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, you you actually have a really good point there. All astronauts say that once you get up into Earth orbit and you see the planet from space, it completely changes your attitude about human existence on the planet. You can't see any political boundaries from space. Yeah. And you realize that we are all together here on this spaceship Earth, and we do have to get along on this spaceship Earth there's, uh, because there's no other spaceship Earth for us. So, are you working any angle to get yourself up to space? Is are you as have any uh, have any favors been uh, put in, or, or what's the story? So, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. I've got some. I've, I've got some friends in some high places. Right. Uh, I've had I've had some offers, but I'm you know trying to pick the right one that'll fit just right for me. I, so, well, you mean we, which one? The wife alone. Well, if you need a push, exactly from, right from a, a goofy morning show to do that, we yeah. can certainly help get you, get the word out. But uh, that would be. I think I know a goofy morning show. That <laughs> sure. I think we. Yeah, nice. the honesty. We would be thrilled for you to see that. Oh that would gosh. be that would be a wonderful. Oh, that's great. Day. I yeah. appreciate that. Thanks Excellent. a lot. Yeah. All right, Derek, you're the best. We love having you on. Thank you so much this morning for your. Hey, thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, and everybody. Absolutely, Derek Pace. Institute and giving us the latest on Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. All right, uh, with all that behind us, we should take a break, come back in a second, and get into the bizarre files. Yeah. We will do that when we return. Stay with us. Back in a moment. What's new? Glad you asked. Dirty Honey. Eddie Vedder. Beat. New music, more of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. 
happen to the uh, U.S. Open tennis matches uh, that are taking place. <laughs> yes. Um, and you'll have to help me because I, uh, I don't follow tennis, but Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, is that how you say his name? Yeah, let's go with that. Tsitsipas? Yeah. Uh, he apparently uh, was, he was uh, against Andy Murray, and um, he took a medical timeout, and then he took a lengthy bathroom break, and Andy Murray's complaining that he took too long in the bathroom. Kind of threw, threw off his mojo. Yeah, threw him off. He said, yeah. it's just disappointing because I feel it influenced the outcome of the match. He said, I'm not saying that I necessarily win that match for sure, but it had influence on what was happening after those breaks. Was he winning before this all happened? So, Tsitsipas won the tightly contested marathon match, which, by the way, it was like, it was just under five hours long. Yeah, crazy. Uh, crazy long. So, he, uh, Tsitsipas won the uh, the marathon match 2-6, uh, 7-6, uh, 3-6, in four hours and 49 minutes. Uh, and the number three seed and the 2021 French Open finalist received medical treatment on his left foot after losing the third set and then went to the bathroom after winning the fourth set. Uh, Murray complained on the court about how long Sitsipas was uh, taking in the bathroom at the time and again once play had resumed. Uh, and Murray remained frustrated when speaking to the media following the match. He said the issue is you can't stop the way that affects you physically. He said when... You're playing a brutal match like that, you know, stopping for seven, eight minutes. You do cool down. You can prepare for it mentally as much as you like, but it's the fact that it does affect your, you physically uh, when you take a break that long. Well, multiple times during the match, he said. I think that uh, when he took the medical timeout, it was just after I had won the third set. Also in the fourth set, when I had Love 30, he chose to go. I said, I don't know if he changed his racket or what he was doing, but yeah. Uh, it can't be coincidence that it's happening at those moments. He said, I don't believe his foot was causing him any issue at all. <laughs> the match went on for another two and a bit hours after that or something. He was fine, moving great, I thought. I'm surprised they don't have a, a time limit on bathroom breaks. Which, by the way, Satipa said that uh, he didn't break any rules and that he was yeah. changing his clothes in the bathroom. He said, I don't I don't think I broke any rules. I played by the guidelines. Right. How everything is. Uh, definitely something for both of us to kind of chat about and make sure. I don't know how my opponent feels when I'm out there playing the match. It's not really my priority, he well, said. I mean, yes, rules are rules and you can play within the guidelines, but... I, I just standard protocol. It's like you know, like so. Does did anybody else? Does anybody else on a somewhat regular basis do what this guy did? I don't know. You could say, okay, yeah, it's in the rules, but yeah, kind of being a dick, you know. Well, yeah, the fact that it was a marathon match, and and you know they were they were both run down completely, figures into it. But the you know I I, I do believe both sides of this. I believe it can throw you off your game. Now he's not saying he lost. <clears throat> expressly because of this, right. he's saying it might have been a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a good point. I mean, you know, you can such a rhythm uh, in any sport, really, but like when you have to take a break in the middle of a tennis match, especially, you know, more than halfway through, like, it totally throws off your rhythm. It, it throws off your like your body chemistry, your heat, it, like, everything that you've had going for the first few rounds. And, I agree with that. And But in the other guy's defense, if he had to go to the bathroom, he had yeah. to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. so, and if you're allowed to take a break, yeah. take a break. You know? So you know, you know. Listen, taking a, a liberties with a bathroom run is 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 a standard thing. Man, I used to do it in school all the 
time. That's exactly what I was thinking. You just, I need all a break. And how long? I didn't your... have to go to the bathroom at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would ask to go to the bathroom and just linger in there for a while. What and was, was your longest? Delaying the inevitable. Yeah. Whatever, whatever I was avoiding. <laughs> right. It was stupid for me to do it anyway. Can I make it to graduation? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, what was the longest? You can you have a best I, guestimate? I don't remember. You know, nothing long, nothing yeah. longer than you know, like 10 minutes or something like that. I, I never did good... that because I was always afraid that then when I had to go to the bathroom, I wouldn't, it, it <laughs> yeah, was like I'd already have let, used yeah. up my chance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when you talk about beating the system, you know, my mom worked with a guy who would take his lunch break. And the second he got back from his lunch break would then go to the bathroom and hang in there for like an hour. An and like, hour? Honestly, it's ridiculous. I believe that. And I tell you what, so, so I'll go in and, and you know, um, I, I'm very regular. I'm mm-hmm. so regular. Right. So I have my times and I go and, and that's part of the deal. <clears throat> and I'll go in. And then I'll maybe go back later on to wash my hands, and I'll see the same feet, like under a st- like the. I'll see people that seemingly yeah. have been in the bathroom for an hour. But plus. this is like a like a one person bathroom, so it's not like oh, well, you know what I mean. So it's like obvious. totally, yeah. Pri- it's yeah. way yeah, you know, not as obvious, and uh, and you know you don't know what that person's doing. He could have been taking a nap for all she knew. I, right? I've had friends that have hate, hated their jobs over the years, and they would take any opportunity at any point in the day yeah, sure. to go uh, cigarette breaks. I mean, I had friends that uh, liked smoking more after the job than before they started there because it, the, the the habit got them out of work for a little bit, and, and bathroom breaks were included in it. So it was just one of these things where, like, anything that they could do to get away from their desk that was allowed... They would do. You think there are people that have started smoking just so they can yes. have cigarette I, I, Yes. I know, too. Really? Because they hated just their on, jobs. Wow. And so it became this thing where, like, you know what? At least we get 15 minutes outside during the day. Steve, what if you use candy cigarettes? Oh, yeah. Instead. Look, yeah. Sugar. It's, it's lit. It was We're, an uh, episode on Friends. Rachel yeah. started Jennifer smoking because she, yep. she said all the other employees got extra breaks because yes. they could go out and smoke. So she started smoking so she could get the extra break. And not only that, oh, Kathy, funny. it was a networking opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. You don't do a lot of networking in the bathroom. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. I will guarantee you that the phone with all the apps yeah. and everything oh, yeah. has Almost significantly definitely. added to bathroom oh, breaks. you got something to do in there. Yes. yes. You've got plenty to do in there. You're, right. My God, the world is at your fingertips in there. <laughs> you, know? you can actually conduct business. I will do that. I will do that at home. I will linger on the bowl and play Scrabble or How long? whatever I'm doing. How long oh, can not, you go for? Not a crazy amount of time. Like Paul Rudd in uh, This is 40? Exactly. I'm yeah. literally in there playing Scrabble like he was. <laughs> Uh, but no, I don't. I don't spend a ton of time. It'll be just be an extra five minutes, maybe, or something like that. But I'm not one to linger on the bowl for a long amount of time. Number one, you, my legs start to hurt after a while. It's, so, it's, it's bad for you, but sometimes you lose track of time. Now I have a there's a radiator in front of me in uh, in my bathroom, and there is so there's a cover over it mm-hmm. that presents me with sort of a desktop. Ah, and on that desktop, I have a uh, <laughs> an iPad. I don't use that much, right? So it becomes a little office where I can poop in my office chair. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, and so sometimes... That's a really good way to look at it. Yes, and Nick, sometimes yeah. you are conducting business right. and you realize that there's nothing left in your body to come out and you're just sitting there. Here's an interesting little rhyme. Someone texted over. It says, boss makes dollar, I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. Isn't that Walt Whitman? Uh, I think it might have been yeah. Whitman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me go to, hang on a second, I'm going to go to Steve. Hi, Steve, good morning. 
Good morning. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Steve, what's up? I just wanted to tell you the story. Uh, when I was in the fourth grade, uh, me and a friend of mine would always excuse ourselves to go to the bathroom at the same time right. just so we could fight. So you could fight? Just so we could fight every day. Wait, you mean like an actual fight club based in the bathroom? Yes. And well, just me and this one friend. And if other friends happen to join in, then yeah. I usually didn't fight my friends. Um, right. Was this uh, like like play fighting or were you guys really oh, kicking no. each other's asses? No, we, we, were, we were knocking ourselves senseless. Like, we come back from the bathroom with black eyes and busted lips. No. There's something wrong with you, Steven. It <laughs> was Bathroom Fight Club. Don't talk about Bathroom Fight Club. That's literally what that is? Yeah. Was, the fight, and were, was it just you two in Fight Club? Yes. Wow. And Why? would the winner come back with, with, instead of a belt, a toilet seat over his arm? Right. <laughs> Why would you do this, Steven? We don't know. We were in okay. the fourth grade. Uh, so we just kind of thought it was just normal. Are you guys still friends? No, I actually can't even remember the kid's name. Oh, really? All that time spent beating each other senseless, and you lost that. Yeah, traumatic brain injury will do that to you. <laughs> yes, yes. Possibly. All right. back with this big, giant cardboard hat and did a black eye. Uh, Steven, did you guys ever get in trouble for that? Like spending uh, too no. much time in the no, bathroom? None of the kids rat us out, ever. No, we never got in trouble. Wow. So okay. I remember sometimes, Preston, some teachers Thanks, would man. be on that bathroom break, like if you asked to go to the bathroom, which I never, virtually never did, like Kathy's thing. I said, I, I want to save this if I really need it. Yeah. But uh, they would watch that clock and you were, you know, they'd make sure you weren't away. And then my, I remember a science teacher I had, the kid, uh, I think the kid's name was Paul. He'd go off. We'd see maybe a year later. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, where did you go? Well, you remember summer school. Yeah. There's uh, the one kid they saw on the first day, and the last day he comes in to take us to the exam. And he goes, where have you been? <laughs> and he holds up, he's like, his bathroom. And he, <laughs> my zipper got stuck. in the bathroom, Kate. <laughs> my zipper got stuck. My zipper got stuck. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I there there are people, I would imagine there are some, some work environments where that, the bathroom, is your safe haven. I didn't I didn't abuse it much, but when we, at our old radio station, Y100, yes. we had a single stall. We had it just, it was a, because it was an old apartment, essentially. And a carpeted floor. And a carpeted floor and everything like that. And you could, that that was, I'm getting away from everybody it was. for the next five or ten minutes. And we were building and the show, nice. so we were spending inordinate amounts of time there. So that was your little getaway, and no one, no one ever checked on that bathroom. No, let me go to Colin. Hey, Colin. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Colin? Hey, so bathroom breaks for hours, hours and a half are regular practice at where I work. Hour you know, and every half. day, every day after lunch, my one coworker will go into the bathroom, and you can just always tell that he's going to be in there for a while. And it's always one of those things where he'll come out. And he'll be holding his stomach like, oh, yeah, man, I got to stop eating this Chinese food. <laughs> or just like, duh, then stop using it. Like, obviously, if you're going to be, like, taking a crap for so long. Is he really doing that he's or is not. he just he's, lying? He's avoiding his work, Colin. Yeah. And, and do you guys ever call him out on that? Uh, frequently. You know, we have inside jokes about it where he just, you know, he'll come in and, you know, oh, yeah, no, he's going to the office. And then he'll wonder why he's not making enough money. And it's like, well... You take an hour lunch and then you go into the bathroom for an hour. What do you expect? Right, that's two hours. Um, that's interesting. Now, listen, if you if you have uh, Crohn's or colitis or something like that, that's or, a medical or, uh, issue. IBS uh, um, or IBD. 
uh, then yeah, I understand that you've got you've you've got to go in there and do that. But if you don't have medical proof that you have a, a regular problem, then you just you're avoiding your work. By the way, to that point, Preston, can an employer, if they notice that someone is in the bathroom for an inordinate amount of time, is that? Is that a it's got a, is that a it, violation? It has to be right because you, you do say, have people that have like Crohn's and colitis. It, I mean, you guys. That's would, a legitimate it, reason. But it's no joke. Like I right. have a friend who does. He he has to spend hours in the bathroom. Right. And it, it's 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 actually devastating because it's hard for him to go to work. He can't travel. He right. can't get on a plane. So you're terrified. You, you but, can't step into that territory. Right. Well, yeah, my daughter has it, so I've, I've I know exactly what what he's dealing with. But but I think Steve's question is as an employer. <laughs> Can you say, hey, Bill, come here for a second. Bring me your stool sample. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You can't, like, do you no. want to step into that territory? In, in, no. In, I don't know. And I, face I, somebody I, like that who does actually have an well, issue? Then, but then at least you, you understand that they're not shirking their duty. Right. They're, they're, they're having like their duty. Like this guy here was saying Chinese food yeah. right. is his downfall. I, yeah. I almost feel like you have an obligation to at least Go let your... them? No, no, no. To let your employer know that I have this, oh, yeah. this issue. Like, when you are shirking your responsibilities especially if you're if you're in a position or a job where if you're not doing your job then somebody else is picking up your slack like the place that my mom worked at this guy would sit in the bathroom for an hour hour and a half all the while somebody else had to do his job like that's not cool like that i is, like guess what <clears throat> when, yeah. when i say this to my son all the time right. like nobody wants to do their homework but everybody's got to do it. Right. You just got to do it. We can fight about this all day long, but guess what? At the end of the day, yeah. you got to do it. And so whoever this person, like, guess what? Nobody really likes to do their job. <laughs> I was at I was at a a, a, a business <clears throat> recently. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and and my um, the, I I went to go use the bathroom, and it was there was an employer in there. There was an employee in there. One of the other employees was outside. Yeah. And I, I said, oh, okay, I'll come back. And and she kind of made the gesture like, with this guy, mm-hmm. you don't even try. Like this was the, uh, clearly the employee who dominated the bathroom. You know. <laughs> uh, well, let's go to uh, Sean. Has a similar story. Hi, Sean. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, bud? Got to work. Thanks, man. We got a guy in our shop. Uh, he's an operator for us, and this guy is he's been here for many many years and this is kind of the reason why we don't bother him that much but he will literally be in the bathroom so much that the guys in the shop have started calling the bathroom his office that's yeah that's yeah, a office. common yeah oh yeah got to go over to john's office and uh and talk with him for a little bit well we can't say that but uh sean Sorry. question the question is is he really going to the bathroom or is he just just uh, wasting time. The, he's definitely wasting time. I mean, we're coming up on like an hour, <laughs> you know, sometimes half an hour. Most of the time, it's about a half an hour. Does he ever come out with a movie review? <laughs> the one time somebody saw him with a uh, a newspaper coming out, we're like, seriously. Like, come on, dude. Well, the newspaper's standard. That's standard. Yeah, I, I mean, mean you're going to, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, even that, that makes sense. So you, you take a look at the headlines. When you're going in with a laptop, 
<laughs> or or like like a, you know like a projector. That's when people are going to ask questions. All right. So thank you for your call. By the way, here's a text that says uh, bathroom. Sometimes bathroom stall naps at work are clutch. Bathroom stall. Have you ever taken no. a nap in no. a bathroom no, stall? No, and that's what I'm curious about. Yeah. Well, Kathy's just disgusted. <laughs> How can you fall asleep in there? It's the corral. Oh my god! And, and, and actually, to to. To be able to fall asleep in the bathroom or sitting on the toilet? No. I think if you were to sit now, now you couldn't do it with these toilets, but like the toilet that was the one you talked about in uh, Y100. Yeah, you can find a place to curl up and face the other way and and cross your arms over. Yeah, there was a sink. There was a vanity right next to it. There you go. There you go. You're going to lean over and and rest your head like uh, like you would on a desk or something like that. But don't you get get pins and needles after a while? I do. do. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're absolutely exhausted, I mean, just wiped out, you you know, you went out late the night before and maybe you had to, yeah, I could probably see that. But if you're doing it on the regular, just uh, I'm going to go take my little siesta here. (laughs) Right. I mean, think about how many, how much time you could burn off in the course of a day. Because we've all had those jobs that are just life sucking. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know where. Yeah, you, I, that's the thing. Like there, there are a, a few different um, avenues we could go down here. Where I'm like, you know what? Okay, I get it. That's not that big right. of a deal. Like, yeah, you know, get your rest or whatever. Uh, and that's usually like, okay, if you are doing this and you're spending an hour in the bathroom, if your um, your duties don't fall on somebody else's <laughs> duties again, your duties, if your duties responsibilities like don't fall on somebody else's shoulders, then like, okay, well, whatever, then you know that's that's between you and your boss. But when you are doing this and somebody else has to pick up your slack as a result, like, yeah. you're an a hole. Bottom line is, be a big boy, uh-huh. be a big girl, whatever uh-huh. it is. Do your freaking job. Kathy, are you in here? Pinch it off already. <laughs> Pinch that. Pinch it off and get back to work. Oh, my God. <laughs> just... Kathy, are you in here? Playing cable? Pinch that off and get back to work. But I wonder if that's something that they you can be approached, if it's becoming a problem and... and I. Uh, you know, yeah, I would if, just if curious. HR or a boss can say, no. "Listen, this is a little embarrassing, but I need to ask I you this." I don't think they're spending a lot of time in the bathroom. Is that necessary? I, yeah, <clears throat> I, yeah, I don't know, man. I think for fear of it possibly being something medically related, I don't think that they can conclude. Yeah, think- do you have a poop issue? <laughs> no, I think you can volunteer the information and let your right, boss know, right. like Casey was saying. But like, if you, I don't think the boss can come to you. I think you, the employer, <laughs> if you're not doing your job, the boss can absolutely come to you. No, <laughs> they, I'm saying because of the fear-related thing, because yeah. of the medical issue, that mm. they can't. Maybe you're having a very difficult period right now. Are you on the rag? Or a tenacious bowel movement? Is your aunt flowing town or are oh you just God. crapping a river? What, I can't ask this? It depends on the boss, really. <laughs> he really wouldn't know what to do if he could or not. I'm going to go to Justin. Hey, Justin, good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, man, what's up? So, back in my younger years, I used to work overnight. In a warehouse, and you know, working overnight stinks. You know, you get tired. So I used to go into the bathroom. I mean, we had you know ninety employees there, so it was hard to keep track of people. But I would go into the into the bathroom stall, and I would take my boots off and turn them well to face the front of the <laughs> oh my god, you know, the stall. And right. I would sit on the toilet the reverse way and face the wall. Oh my god! And use the toilet tank as yeah. resting area to sleep on. That was my oh, my methodology. That's so funny! You would actually take your boots or your <laughs> shoes off. 
to make them face that way. Yeah, that way if somebody looked under the stall, they'd see my feet are pointing the right direction. Okay. body was not. Couple of questions here. How long okay. could you get away with uh, taking a nap? Um, I, I would pass out for easily an hour. They would. And, they, nobody would know. There's so many people in that warehouse. They that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. In, in a limited uh, employee scenario, that's going to be more difficult. But you said, uh, uh, Justin, that you had about 90 employees. Oh, uh, yeah, all, all right. over that building. They couldn't keep track of you. Your right. Couldn't. I didn't do it every night, but there were certain <laughs> nights you're just like, this ship sucks. I'm tired. I'm taking a nap. And, and you, you know, and I used to work in the freezer, so I had this big, comfy freezer suit on, you know, so I'm like, none of my body parts touched the toilet. It was kind of padded. You know? Oh, my God. All right. So, question Would you, uh, wow. would you set an alarm on your phone or anything like that to wake up or just wake up when you woke up? No, nah, I would just wake up, you know, as soon as, like, drool hit my hand. Then I'd wake up and go, holy crap, i get you back to work. So the drool from your mouth would wake you. Listen, well, so the longest you did was an hour? Did you ever exceed? Uh, I've gone past an hour, you know. Um, I mean. Do you, now, do you snore, Justin? Yes, I do. And I always feared that. So I, I think that's what the drool was. That was the pre-snoring. The sign that said, wake up, dude, get the hell out of here before they come in. So I snore. You know, you can hear it, you know, three states away. So. Wow. Kathy? Um, right, wow, thanks, that's uh, amazing. Appreciate it. It sure yeah. is. Uh, that's, that's going to great lengths. <laughs> He's wearing like a freezer suit. Yep. He's got his system. The shoes are off. He's taking a nap. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh my uh, God! So Nicole works in HR. Maybe she can yes. Maybe she can clarify how this. you approach someone who either who you may be suspect right. of that is uh, this thing long, regular, or you know just uh, breaks all the time. How do you swallow yeah. that? Hi, Nicole. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey guys, love you. Oh, uh, thank you. you so much. So, how do you handle something like this? Um, we would I would approach an employee and say, listen, it's come to our attention that you were stack of bathroom breaks. If you have a medical issue, do you want to apply for intermittent FMLA, which is family and medical leave? That's assuming the employer is ah. covered by that law. All right, okay. so, so, so how Nicole... You, that's how you approach it. Nicole, so yep. just... just I'm just, just curious. The very... So you are within um, legal rights um, to, to approach an employee that you perceive as being excessive in their bathroom breaks and inquire as to the reason why. I wouldn't necessarily ask them what the problem is. She's offering. Offering. Ah, yeah. there's the key. All right. Yeah, yeah so, Preston so, just clarified. So you can you can approach someone and, and offer something, yes. not necessarily ask him. You can say, this is available should this be necessary for you. By the way, we know you're a liar. <laughs> Wait, but Nicole, who can do that? You as an HR employee or the boss? Um, usually the supervisor would refer the employee to the HR department, and then we would discuss it with them. So, yeah, okay, so the boss okay. wouldn't necessarily be able to do this directly, but someone in HR would be able to approach the employee. Right, I mean, the supervisor could say, listen, if there's a problem, you can talk to HR about, you know, getting, you know, intermittent FMLA. And I don't really, honestly, I don't know how that covers, like, just being away from, like, a production line for periods of time. Mm. Right. It would cover them if they're missing work, like if they call out or they're late or something, and it's related to that medical condition, they're covered. So I, I wonder, I wonder at what point, Nicole, say if someone's, and it's a, I can't even imagine a horrible situation where you say you are a, a Crohn's sufferer, any, anything that might make you have to step away from, from work for a little bit during the course of a day, but, but is there a point at which the employer can say, I understand, but it's, 
this isn't this provides no service for me to keep you on the payroll. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I assume that's where it gets touchy because you can't. How, how do you negotiate that? No, in, I think in other somebody, words, if somebody's, if somebody's not doing their job, you right, can let them go. Right. But I mean, so how does it work, Nicole? Well, I mean, if if we have if we have documentation of a true medical issue, you do have to be careful. However, we do have employees. Again, it's we don't have an issue with people necessarily taking excessive breaks, but people who might appear to be abusing the time. Right. Uh, we can ask the doctor to recertify. Like, we'll get someone, oh, they're constantly taking off Mondays and Fridays, and it's FMLA-related. So we'll send a note to the doctor saying, is it necessary for this person to be missing Mondays and Fridays? Okay. Okay. And because then you can fall, if somebody does have a, uh, a medical problem, it can fall under the Americans with Disabilities Act, I assume. Right. Nicole. Right, that too, yeah. Okay. Interesting. All, All right. right. You do have to be careful. No, right. and for, for both parties. I mean, Thank the you. employer and the yeah. employee, yeah. Yeah. Um, hang on a second. I'm going to go to Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. What's up, Chris? Hey, uh, so I just wanted to say I had a friend. Uh, he worked in a warehouse area. And it was a lot of trucks coming in and off, deliveries, a lot of pallets being unloaded. And he had an employee that was constantly going to the bathroom, like every hour, every two hours. And they had to get HR involved. And they talked to him and they said, hey, you know what's going on? You okay? And the guy actually went to his doctor and he got a doctor's note to prove that he had irritable bowel syndrome. Okay. And he had medical rights to go to the bathroom as often as he wanted to. Sure. Okay, well, that yeah, would make that sense. sense. Yeah. Yes. And, and 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 to Kathy's point earlier about Thanks, uh, uh, people who have to, you know, to try to live their lives in in, in light of that, it's, yeah, it's yeah. very difficult. It's the people who are going in there. Yeah, and that are trying to get away with and something. And turning their boots around. Yes! <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Oh I mean, at some point he got in there and he's, he's in the stall and he's like, you know what? I can yeah. do this. I can make this work. I for can me. do this. You know what? If I gotta, if I take a snuggie yeah. and I hook it on the coat thing on the back of the door, I'm suspended up. Oh my! God. You can't see my feet. I wonder if he it's went like a sleep pouch. I wonder if he went to the lengths where he got like <laughs> boots that came up like mid calf, sure. uh-huh. so they're high enough. If you look right. under the stall, it would actually look like legs, as opposed to just shoes. You could clearly see hey. that no one's feet are in those shoes. Ed, why are you always wearing those thigh high boots? <laughs> I, I was a little impressed. I mean, like that. Yeah, that length. Like, I mean, that requires it's shirking thought, responsibility, but it's but genius. Yes, yeah. it's thinking outside the box. You know what? We've been looking for somebody in management, Dave. Yeah. We like the way you think. Oh my god! The fact oh, that you scammed us for years. Uh huh. Let's put that. Let's put that ingenuity. It's to like work. when a company hires someone who uh, hacked their computer yes. system yeah. to protect their computer system. Exactly. All right. Well, interesting. So. It's all kicked off from this uh, U.S. Open match, <laughs> and uh, Andy Murray thought that uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas uh, was using a bathroom break to his advantage and, yeah. and maybe trying to get a little bit of extra rest. But uh, you can use... All right, one last call. Now, I was wrapping yeah, up. he's been me, on hold for Let me go to Mike. Minutes. Hey, Mike, good morning. What's up, bro? Yeah, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> bro, yeah. sorry to bother you at work. Huh, huh. Sorry to bother you at... Aren't you glad we went to this guy, Casey? <laughs> What's up, Mike? So I get to work probably about 7 o'clock. You know, just after you guys take commercial break. Mm-hmm. You know, pull up. Well, first I clock in. 
Right. <laughs> you get you have to do that in. One pocket. <laughs> Not get ahead of ourselves. So, walk in, pull around, take out my little bowl, smoke it. Oh, my God. <laughs> are you smoking it right now? Are you, are you doing that right now? Yeah, man. I got the bowl in my hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and you listen to us. Well, yeah, of course. Who yeah. else am I to? <laughs> <laughs> so, are you technically on the clock right now, Mike? Are you getting paid right now? Well, yeah, I'm clocked in, man. Okay. There right. we go. Yeah. Nice work by you. <laughs> you guys are in the Hall of Fame. This is worthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough battle. You got to do what's right. You got to do what's way, wrong. I, mean, I don't know. Mike, by any chance, do you work for Beasley? Are you, are you yeah. one of our co No, he's an air traffic controller. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, heavy machinery. Heavy machinery. Oh, heavy machinery. Oh, that's okay, he's sitting in a bulldozer out in the park. Which state do you work in? <laughs> 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 I love this. Um, yeah, so. All right. Well, is it, show, we is love it, you, is man. It, is, it, is it time to get into work now, Mike? I mean, you guys taking a break? Or yeah, what? we're gonna <laughs> take a break. I'm sorry. All right. No, all, all right. All right. Head in, buddy. Take right. it up to the call. Take it up to Hollywood trash. Yeah. All right, we'll see you, man. Have a good day. All right, on that note, we should take a break. Let Mike get to work. Please, Mike's got to get, he's got heavy yeah. machinery to operate. All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll get some bizarre file stories, so make sure you stay with us. Did you know you could listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We've been mentioning all morning long tickets for the MM Barbecue. Yeah. You can get your tickets. Uh, the lawn seats start at just 25 bucks. And we want you to get on board because we want you to be there for all of the bands and all the activities that are taking place. We're going to have Aaron Jones, who we just played, uh, Dorothy, uh, Mammoth, Wolfgang Van Halen's band, Mammoth, yeah. will be there. Dirty Honey, Cheap Trick, The Offspring. And the band that this gentleman is in, who is joining us right now, we're so excited to have Jane's Addiction on the on the uh, uh, the bill. Yeah, and like I said, I've seen them before. I saw them at the Spectrum ages ago. Amazing, right? Blew me out of the water. One of my favorite shows in that building of all time. Please welcome Mr. Dave Nabar. Yeah. Show today. Good morning, Dave. Hi guys. Hey, thanks for coming thanks. on. Thanks for having me. That's a very nice welcome. Uh, it's our pleasure, man. Like I said, yeah, I've, I've seen you guys before. I know the kind of energetic show that you bring and uh, that, you know, you, you guys get the audience in on the party. You you make it happen. And it's been a while since we've partied, Dave, so <laughs> big expectations. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, big expectations for me, too. I got to tell you, the other night, you know, L.A. is starting to open up and and have indoor eating and dining and things like that. And I went to a restaurant the other night, and it was overwhelming. Just yeah. people and noise and things going on and plates being dropped. And and then I thought forward to our show coming up in September. I was like, 
Man, I'm not even prepared to be in a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you know what I mean. Like, what is it going to be like walking out on like a festival audience with you guys? But I'm I'm excited to do it, man. It's been a long time. So, well, the um, the way pretty psyched. The way it's progressing is that so the the show is you know it's at the end of September. So again, uh, everyone's sort of feeling their way. It's like the, the cobwebs are lifting and the doors are opening and everyone's looking above ground. And by that time, I think we're going to be in a nice swing of things. But I can't think of a better scenario, especially since it'll be a little bit cooler in September. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, the roster's great. And I've never, I, Preston's seen you guys a number of times. Uh, and I've always wanted to see Jane's Addiction. And this oh. is, people are freaking out. Oh, that's great. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm also super excited to see Wolfgang of Band. Yes. Yeah, yeah um, we've, we've been talking yeah. quite, quite a bit about that, David. I, w- I want to get your take on this because... Yeah, we, we, the, the music that we've heard so far very impressive. I, you know, yeah. he had a lot to live up to, and that's another thing. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best because not only is he a young musician trying to make his way, but I, I need somebody to carry on that Eddie um, um, uh, legacy. Legacy. The mantle. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and that's got to be a tremendous amount of pressure on him. I assume. I'm sure he's gladly uh, going to take this on, but um, you know, it's got to be a, a weird position to be in. Yeah, I would imagine the best thing for him is to acknowledge that and be aware of it, but to just do his own thing, man. Yeah. He's his own human being, and, and like he's got his direction musically. And from what I've seen, it's, it is very different than Van Halen. It's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, more modern rock, I suppose. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's fantastic, and, and, you know, I, I want to see him. I want to check out the band, and I'm going to do everything in my power <laughs> To not tell him how much your dad meant to me. It's hard, though, right? You know, it's going to be impossible, but you know, you know how hard that's going to be to not do. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just I, I hope the best for him, and I and and I'm I I typically don't get to uh, when we do these festival shows. I typically don't get to them early. But I'm definitely going to come down and check out Wolfie, and and uh, and I'll probably check out Cheap Trick too. Because Xander's a friend, and I played with him a bunch of times. And a weird side note for me is that I think the first concert I ever went to was Cheap Trick opening up for Kiss. Wow! wow. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, like in the seventies. Yeah. And so and so uh, to be on the same bill with them as Cheap Trick and as Jane's Addiction is a pretty big deal for me. Just in terms of like, you know, having a little personal. Uh, clash with my own history, I suppose. Well, Dave, I have to tell you, I had my upper thigh felt at a backyard uh, pit, a barbecue to a Cheap Trick song in the wow. 70s, so yes. I don't, know that we can, I don't know that we can top that experience. <laughs> I mean, that was good. Hey. <laughs> Dave, at least you had that. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask, you know, with, with the length of time it's been since uh, musicians have, have had a chance to do live shows, I mean, you can, you can pick up the guitar and you can play it and you can keep your chops going, uh, you know, just doing a little rehearsing here and there and writing whatever you may be doing. But is there a difference between um, being, uh, you know, keeping the instrument fresh uh, and and being on stage? Or do you have to get your stage legs together, essentially, is what I'm asking. I mean, I think, I don't know. We've been doing it for so long. And, you know, believe it or not, Jane's Addiction has historically taken years off, years of hiatuses. And so... Yeah, we're just coming out of COVID, and yeah, it's been a while since we've been on stage, but we are, 
ironically very used to getting back together after years of not doing it. So right. hopefully we are experienced in trying to make it look seamless uh, once we get back on the stage. But um, usually when the first downbeat happens and Perry gets into his trip, it's pretty easy to get lost in that environment and just kind of go back to second nature. Yeah. You know, fortunately, a lot of these songs have been with us for 30 years, you know, so it, it should be pretty, pretty seamless. Well, you know, that, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, Dave Grohl has this um, special coming out about uh, the van life, uh, uh, that, that uh, oh, yeah. evolutionary period of a band. Um, yeah. Was that, was that you guys? Was that Jane's? Were you guys doing Oh, yeah. That? Okay. Oh, yeah. We, uh, our first tour was in a van with the entire band and the one crew member that we had and all of our gear in a U-Haul behind us and like literally taking turns driving and just freezing and sick (laughs) and hating each other and in close quarters. And when you do get to a motel, you all share a room. Like it was, it was, you know, the early days were rough stuff. Well, I was surprised to find out when Dave is mentioning when, when Nevermind came out, they, at, at, this album is out. It's starting to hit. They're still in a van traveling yeah. to shows. It is, you know, this is a groundbreaking <laughs> record. This is huge. This is rock and roll history yeah. right here. And they're still driving around in a van. When when Nothing's Shocking, were you guys still doing the van thing when that came out? We may, I know that we had a couple of tears. Okay. So we went, from, we went from a van to what we thought was a great idea, which was a Winnebago. Okay. <laughs> so it wasn't quite a bus. It right. was a Winnebago. It was literally like a mobile home. And um, uh, we broke out a window. One of the side windows got shattered somehow. So we were literally touring around the East Coast in the dead of winter. Oh, no. With just... <laughs> freezing cold <laughs> 75 mile an hour wind just wafting through the Winnebago. Did you try to tape Born. up like a trash bag or something? <laughs> well, you try. You try. Yeah, you try everything. It just, and then finally at some point you're like, F- it, we'll deal with it. Oh. And, we, and we just, um, yeah, we just sat there and like dealt with it. But I, I think that, you know, I think there's something to be said about those old days that like we yep. really, I don't, I don't know that, um, we would be the same band without them. You know, we really it. had to, I mean, there were gigs. We were coming, we were putting in vans and we'd pull up to the club and we would load out and load in our own gear ourselves. So it would be, it would be like a Jane's Addiction show. Thank you. Good night. And then start winding up cables and yeah. putting guitars in cases and trying to push your amp off the stage, get ready for the next band. I was, I, a- I really appreciate, I really appreciate having had, oh. Those experiences, as much as I would never want to do them again, yeah, I think they really they really taught us how to be a band. I was in in my twenties. I, I was a band guy. I'm a drummer, and so just a couple of, last year, I was like, I, I got together with some guys. We, we created a cover band, and we went out. And we played some gigs, and I tell you what, Dave, on that first <laughs> night, that first night at three o'clock in the morning, when we're putting the last bit of crap back into the into the van, I'm like. What the hell was I thinking, man? This sucks. <laughs> you know? It's a little different when you're 17 yes. and you're pushing stuff in the <laughs> totally right. Like, yep. right now, like, my lower spine cannot handle <laughs> no. It's just not going to happen. Dave, no. uh, we're able to, to zoom with you right now. And looking over your shoulder, is that a, a cuckoo clock up on the wall? And if so, uh, what's the story behind that? Actually, there's probably 12 of them in this house. I collect them. Um, That's cool. <laughs> it's just it's just a weird thing, and 
you know, cuckoo clocks when I was a kid, that was like in cartoons, that was the symbol of crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if someone was crazy, you'd see a little cuckoo or a bird would come out. And I just kind of came with this whole uh, embracing. I do a company called Dual Diagnosis, which is a it's a it's it's an art slash clothing company that's that's geared at lifting the stigma of mental health issues. Right. And um you know, there's a whole story behind the cuckoo. I don't know if you know about it, but if you look inside that box, it's all complicated gears and springs and coils and wires. And there's this little bird that's trapped in there. It can't fly out because it's held down by these weights. Yeah. You see the weights that hang down? Right. Which which could be, uh, you know, it's emotional baggage, for instance. And so <laughs> until it drops that baggage, it can't fly and reach its full potential. Wow. And it's locked in this confusing box that's making it crazy. So, yeah, I collect them, and then we also use them uh, artistically throughout the dual diagnosis uh, company, and and, wow. and, well, that's- and that's spelled D-U-A-L diagnosis we dual diagnosis.com well i i never realized there were so many metaphors attached to a to a cuckoo clock but i but i, I think i think that i invented them <laughs> <laughs> but, they were. but but they were. that's good i can completely see that because I, i'm fascinated by little mechanisms and the and the yeah. uh the artistry of that stuff animatronic things and all of that have you yourself ever designed a cuckoo clock um, I designed what I called a cuckoo clock wristwatch was when I took that clock and I duct taped it on my arm. <laughs> okay, like, that counts. This is a crazy watch. But um, no, I've never, I'm not a tinkerer, for yeah. instance. I, 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 I love watches. I love, I love components. I love things yeah. that, are, yeah. that work like that. But, I mean, these things... You know they're 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 kind of ge- they're kind of genius and and the implications like the the humorous implications that they contain are are kind of funny and and you just don't see them anymore. But if you look around my house, like I think there's one over there. Yeah. yeah. There's there's like there's like a there's one there. There's one on the other side. So there's like 15 of them in here. That's but cool. the best part is that they're all set at different times. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Throughout the day, <laughs> just a different bird is coming out. That's great, and That's it awesome. literally it will literally drive you insane. Also, I mean, if, they, if you're not insane already, put up five cuckoo clocks. <laughs> yeah, you know my sister is actually obsessed with uh, with cuckoo clocks as well, but she does not have one. Maybe that is a good gift for me to get for her. It's a it's a great gift, and they and they you know the the. Uh, they make them battery operated now, but the ones that are really special are the ones that are handmade that use the actual weight system to have the time tell time. And even the pendulum has to be hung at, at the right length. Otherwise, it's going to oh. either tick too fast or too slow. Okay. So there's, it, they're very complicated things, but uh, they are interesting to be obsessed with. Fatal, fatal <laughs> I, get, I, comple- yeah. I completely get it. Yeah. I do not expect to be talking about those. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're not going to expect to talk about this either. Are you wearing a Snuggie right now? No, right now I am wearing a, uh, just, it's a, it's like a hooded cape. This is like for, for, uh, outdoors, outdoors life. That's ceremonial, cool. cer- ceremonial outdoor life. <laughs> and, uh, it happens to be, it happens exactly. It happens to be 7 a.m. here in LA and I'm just, I just happen to be freezing. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I am not opposed to a straight up snuggie. <laughs> no, why would you be? Dave, who would, who would you say between you and you and Perry, you guys are artists to the core. Yeah. Who's, who's a little more quirky in their personality? Is it you or Perry? We both have uh, a lot of, I guess, independent thought, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, 
But I would say that, uh, you know, just being, I would say Perry, just because being a front man of a band like this and having to have uh, that sensibility and be on every night and deliver every night, like I get to turn around and hide behind the guitar and like get lost in my instrument, mm -hmm. which I love, you know, because I went and I did a solo tour in 2000 and um, I just came to learn that I didn't love it. I didn't love leading the band. I didn't love being the lead singer. I didn't love the eyes. I didn't love the pressure. And Perry can do that really well. And, and he, in fact, loves it. So I would say that there is a component to his personality that allows him to be that extroverted on stage and, and do it with authority and conviction. So I don't know if I would say he's more quirky, but I would say that uh, he has what it takes to front a band yeah. uh, better, than, better than most, I would say. And I think along with that kind of mentality you've got you've got to have some you've got to have some walls down you know to allow yourself <laughs> to be that raw in front of people totally and while at the same time having certain walls up you know so that's i think it's a microcosm of some kind of very strange dance that goes into being a lead singer mm. and uh you know i he's as far as i'm concerned He's one of the best frontmen that, that, that have been around in the past 30 years. Is it hard speaking to that point about, um, because you, 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 uh, you know, you let a lot of you out, you know, with your love of, uh, of, uh, like, you know, the tattoos and, and artistry and the, 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 the cuckoo clocks and things, mm -hmm. things that are, that are part of you. Is, yeah. is, is it hard when you are in the public eye the way you are and you're talking about Perry being more up front and being the front man, but you are a personality, you are a pop culture personality. Is, is it hard to know, uh, I, I'm going to keep this just for me. You know, mm. do you know what I'm saying? Where you're not always revealing oh, stuff about you. Oh, no, no. I mean, things that I like and things that are interesting to me aren't really revealing anything. And it's right. like those aren't like personal, deep personal issues that I, whether or not I like cuckoo clocks, I better keep <laughs> right. that to myself or I feel exposed. It's, it's too personal. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't feel, yeah. I don't feel exposed. Yeah, yeah. Like but, um, you know, I've also, I've also taken it upon myself and, uh, years ago like i've done i wrote a book and i put out a documentary that were about very difficult things in my life and 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 i think that the uh, the the intention and and hopefully the joy of that was to help others feel less alone that were in similar situations right. whether it's whether it's grief or trauma or drug addiction or any of the things that i've been through you know it's uh I like to I like to share with people that there's an alternative way, you know, and yeah. that it is possible to to get past that stuff. And even though the the demon of addictive behavior may be with you for your life, it's about channeling that addictive behavior into an area that can be healthy for you. Well, yeah, so, I, you know, I, I'm uh, sober for nine plus years at this point, and I just nice. know that it was important for me to uh, see and interact with people who were living a sober life, a happy and content sober life. But then there were also other people that, you know, like musicians, Trey Anastasio uh, being one of them. I'm, I'm a fish head. Uh, you know, he had been sober for a couple of years at that point. When I saw, I'm like, okay, here's here's somebody that's doing it. And you, uh, I was able to gain strength through them. And and so when you do that and you're, you're outspoken about whatever struggles that you have gone through, there are people out there that, that really do um, hold on to that and gravitate towards that. Yeah, I think I think the one thing that I would say is that, you know, the company I'm running, Dual Diagnosis, is all about mental health. 
I put out a book that was about my drug addiction. I put out a film that was about my mom's death. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it does resonate with a lot of people sometimes, you know, if they've, if they've got similar circumstances. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not a doctor. And so yeah. those people will come to me personally and say, I'm going through this and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, look, I already told you what I went through and how I dealt with it, but I, I can't advise, yeah. you know, like a doctor would. Like, I don't know what to tell you. That's, you know, you need to find a team of your own. But I think that um, that's not the tough part. I think, I think, I don't really think there is a tough part to it. I think that as long as you're comfortable with who you are and what you've been through and, and that, you know, behaviors can change. Yeah. I mean, really, that's that's yeah. all we're, we're doing. Like, I may not be doing drugs anymore, but, you know, now I'm in line at one in the morning at GameStop waiting for the, <laughs> for the next thing to come. Dude, out. all right. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's exactly, <laughs> you know I mean? like, that is the right way to think about it. We have, yeah. we, we all have the same doctor. He's kind of the, um, he's on TV in, in uh, here in Philadelphia and he says, I, if I have to, I will write you a prescription for a video game. Because, you know, because that that's the stuff. To get that joy of something that doesn't have... You know, like you say, you're not smoking crack. You're, you know, this is something you're something into. Something that's not going to kill you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. you can get passionate. Like, I love living through other people's passions. And, and it, it excites me to revisit my own. Your cuckoo clock thing. Or your, just the different <laughs> things you talk about. Um, you know, that that to me is is something that people... They sometimes seem reticent to allow themselves. Well, that's just crazy. Should I really collect that, or is that? So- Do it, you know, because we, we, yeah, we just don't think that way a lot of times. Well, ultimately, ultimately, we're all here for very, you know, however long we're here, and we are ultimately going to dissolve into the universe or yeah. some whatever happens. Right. So, like, yeah, do what you love as mm-hmm. long as it's not hurting anybody else or yourself. Yep. Like, there's really, you know, that this life was given to us for us to enjoy. Yeah. And um and I really feel strongly about that and 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 frankly one of the things that I enjoy about life most is being able to perform with this band and like yeah. to come out and do that with you guys is is what is that the 25th September yep. 25th? Yeah. Yep. That that's I'm I'm super pumped about that, you know, and that's you know, I wouldn't be able to do that had I stayed on the path I was on. Right. So yeah. it it's all to me, it's all uh you know this. I'm in. I'm in the. I'm in the bonus round. Yes. You know what I mean. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I unlocked the little part of the game that allowed me to play in another room. Yes. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, Dave, we're all excited about that as well. I, I wanted to ask. So every Tuesday we do a thing. It's called Tattoo Tuesday, and we give away a free tattoo every single Tuesday. And as a result, I mean, we used to do it here in the studio. And as a result, we've had several contestants and, and winners of Ink Master in our studio actually administering oh, okay. tattoo, which is really cool. Uh, is Ink Master coming back to Paramount Plus by any chance? Do you know? You know what? I honestly don't know. I heard that they were picking it up. That was the last I heard of it. Um, the only thing that I can assume from not hearing anything is that they're rebooting it with a, re- a new cast. That's all I know. That's all you so, know? All right. I mean, well, I mean, I. In fact, I don't even know that because there's been very little dialogue. So I hear that Paramount Plus is going to pick it up. I guess they started a new streaming service. Yep. And um, But I, I don't know. But I will tell you what's very funny about that is that Ink Master was a show that, I mean, it, it was on 10 years ago. I mean, it's hard to believe it was a decade ago that that started. And we did 13 seasons. And then during the pandemic, uh, Paramount sold a couple of seasons to Netflix, so now it's on Netflix, but these are old episodes. Right. But what that what that did was that opened us up to a whole new audience that yep. had never seen us, 
And uh, I started getting messages from people who were angry at me <laughs> for certain for certain people who got sent home ten years ago. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, they wow. think it's, they thought they thought it's it was just me. now. Uh, yeah. F you for sending Josh home. He was the one. Like Gary. Like, oh my god! Josh, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's great. But, um, people get very people get very passionate about that. Do you, I hope that when you give out tattoos, do you? Is there one artist that you use? Or is there a resident a artist? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, oh, one, there's a shop. Yeah, we have one shop. Several artists within that shop, and uh, there's a guy named Troy here who is um he's a big name in the uh, tattoo industry in Philadelphia. Actually, he. He is um, responsible for a lot of the tattoo conventions all across the country. Yep. Uh, so, okay. uh, yeah, so he has a, a lot of guys that, and he's also super generous. So, uh, do he, they get to do they get to decide what they are getting, or does it have to be a WMMR? <laughs> they, they, no, they they, they, have to, they have to include On the throat. <laughs> <laughs> they have to include us in there somewhere, and it can even be very very subtle. That's all that we ask. So, right, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. All the 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 rabbit in the uh, you know the, the Playboy, Playboy cover. cover. It can yeah. be very discreet. So, yeah. Some are more subtle. Do you want to know something funny about this? Do you see this? Oh, yeah. That's the uh, Playboy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's a quick story. I was I was doing an interview with Hugh Hefner. And Hugh Hefner was talking about how the, the bunny. Well, first of all, it started out. It was a stag. It was supposed to be a cartoon of a stag. Okay, right. And the night, before, the night before the release, he couldn't sleep. And he got up in the middle of the night and called the designer and said, I hate the stag. you got to come up with something else. So they scrambled at all, at all hours of the night and landed on this bunny, which then became the most iconic thing, wow. uh, you know, in terms of branding. Wow. Huge. And he went ahead to tell me that it is probably the number one most tattooed logo of all time. The Playboy Bunny. I believe it. Wow. Yeah. And so at that moment, I said, has anybody in the history of, of tattooing this bunny asked you for permission? And he said, no, actually, nobody's <laughs> ever asked. And I said, well, then let me be the first. That's Is it okay with you if I get the bunny tattooed? And he said, absolutely. So I have the one and only Hugh Hefner sanction. Wow. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have gotten this otherwise. But yeah. the fact that, you know, I was like, oh, what do I yeah. care? I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> but the fact that Hugh sanctioned it and gave me the okay, and I'm, it's the only one that exists that's like that, was pretty special. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's pretty cool. awesome. Excellent. Uh, Dave, we're really excited. Uh, not only that you you guys are playing the show, but that you took the time to join us on the program this morning. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. I'm looking yeah. forward to being out there. And are you guys going to be at the show? Oh, oh yes. yes. Absolutely. Oh, yes. I, won't, I would not miss your guys' set. So I'm, we'll I'm, come I'm, back and say uh, hello. Will okay. You? For sure. Absolutely. Thank you so All much, right, Dave. Guys. We'll see you in September. Dave pleasure. Navarro. Yeah. Yeah. How about it? Wow. Nice He's guy. awesome. Super nice guy, and I bet you he could point to every single tattoo and tell a story <laughs> like that as well. But you're playing right here. I remember Preston when I first heard this song. I was like, "What's Whoa! that?" Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I remember the video was yes. was weird and and uh, the, uh, it not uh, typical of what was on no. MTV at the time. You know that uh, I didn't want to ask him too much. I didn't want to go uh, to the downer thing, but his his mother was murdered. Yeah, when yeah. he was fifteen years old, his mother and her friend were both murdered by her and, boyfriend, her ex boyfriend. And it 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 kind of um, 
you know, that's kind of where his his drug and alcohol addiction started to uh, take roots. And he said he wrote a book about that. Yeah, yeah. There, a, movie uh, a movie about, yeah, about yeah, his okay. mom. Well, he wrote a book about his addiction. They um they found him the the murderer. I guess he was on the lam after the uh, the murders. Um, through America's Most Wanted. No kidding. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating guy. Super nice guy. I think we just became best friends with him. I think we yeah. did. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you by Natural Lawn of America. Natural Lawn of America is safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. Schedule their full service program and get free seeding every year. Call 800 free seed Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass now. Let's get bizarre. A former Seattle resident is accused of dumping human body parts in remote Uh. Arizona. 59-year-old Walter Mitchell moved to Scottsdale earlier this year. He ran a company called Future Gen X, which managed cadavers for medical research. On December 26, around 20 human limbs were discovered near Prescott, Arizona. The next day, a hunter found two human heads. He was trying to get a leg up on the competition. (laughs) No rim shot? I was looking. There it is! Deputies arrived and confirmed... What he had seen, and a follow-up search revealed three more human heads. He was trying to get ahead of the competition. competition. Um, Yeah, so I assumed, isn't there something that you get at home that you could just put out by the street like a recycle bin? Maybe. Investigators were able to link them. Separate your heads. Uh, The body parts uh, found at both sites back to Mitchell. Mitchell now faces 28 counts of moving human remains with the intent to conceal or abandon them. Police in Seattle helped Arizona detectives determine that Mitchell left Washington with the remains of five uh, decedents. Sheriff Scott uh, Masher said that he made the case a priority because it might have involved a serial killer, but it turns out it's this. Uh, Mitchell was arrested in Scottsdale and booked into uh, booked into jail for that. Have you noticed that when you leave body parts around a certain area, the first thing that's always assumed is that it's a serial, serial killer. killer? Come on, man. There's more to the story yeah. here. But I'm curious as to why this guy felt he had to go to dispose of these body parts if there was nothing illegal, you know what I mean? Unless he was trying to cheap out on something and there was something he was trying to say cost-wise. Otherwise, it seems dumb. I agree with you. And that's a long-ass drive from Seattle to Arizona. So, Especially when you have mailing services. Yeah. Well, how about this? New York City man cut off his penis and part of a test school and threw it in his apartment's toilet. That'll show him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, officers were called to the apartment of a 50-year-old man on Staten Island. My pants just aren't hanging right. At about uh, There's yeah. an inch or two right, right next to where your nuts hang. hang. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> after they were called uh, at about 11.45 a.m. when his roommate said that the man had cut his own arm... Upon arrival, the 50-year-old man told... Tights down where your nuts hang. It's always a little too tight. Uh, the police found... Let's see if you can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper uh, ends around to, uh, under my... Back, back to my, my bunghole. Bung <laughs> <laughs> LBJ. Yeah. Uh, so, upon arrival, the 50-year-old man told police that the wound on his right arm had been self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Police sources said the man then told EMTs that he had cut off his penis and thrown it in the toilet. I kept one nut. The, e- 
The EMT workers confirmed that the man's penis and one of his testicles had been cut off and was missing. Officers reportedly found a large quantity of blood in the bathroom on the second floor of the apartment. Where's all this blood coming from? It's unclear, however, if police were able to find the man's missing genitals or whether they had been reattached. Do you know what word I don't like? Aioli. (laughs) He just thought he'd throw that in there. (laughs) <laughs> the man apparently told police he was, he was both bipolar and schizophrenic. Oh, okay. Well, that was... And schizophrenic, and he hadn't had his medication for several months prior to the incident. I, I would take the medication. Uh, there have been previous instances of men committing acts of autocastration <sighs> while apparently suffering uh, or from from being bipolar or a schizophrenic. If you've ever, have you ever nicked down in that area, say, oh, if you were yeah. grooming, and mm-hmm. you you know the amount of blood that's generated, could you imagine no. that you cut off the, your unit and a nut? A report <laughs> stated that the man had used a shaving razor to commit the act. Oh, my God. I hope and, it was a safety razor. And that he told officers he did it because, quote, I have no need for it anymore. Uh, the man had been put on suicide watch in 2017 after telling jail workers that he suffered from schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and had wanted to hurt him. I wonder if he had like a Kevin moment and slapped on some cologne afterwards, <laughs> Preston. Ah! Yep, little one moment of regret there. A Florida man who wasn't on fire is charged with a felony after police say he sprayed himself with a fire extinguisher in an attempt to dry himself. Florida State University police found 54-year-old David Mann in a parking garage Tuesday night with an extinguisher and covered in powder. <laughs> he thought he would dry himself with that? Because he thought it blew air out or something. Help, like help, I'm not on fire. Police say Mann told him that he had been drinking, oh. fell asleep, yeah. and then fell in water when he woke up. He said he was trying to dry himself off with the fire. I, what he probably thought is that it would blow air out. And, yeah. Like, yeah. He didn't realize that it also has a fire-suppressant chemical in it. Interfering with firefighter equipment is a third-degree felony. <laughs> Man was still in jail on uh, Wednesday night when the story was uh, reported. You know what would have dried him off? A big-ass fan. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right, then... Uh, <laughs> no, go tie tie. I had to go on. <laughs> I have a couple of great stories out here. You know what? It's weird. This time, this time of day, Yeah. usually in music news, even though I am far from, like, bored or anything right, like right, that... Yeah. I will. I have a hard time to keep from yawning <laughs> while I'm reporting the story. Well, listen, that's uh, <laughs> Cronkite. Walter Cronkite used to yawn all the time. Yeah, it's just in for Dallas. <laughs> it's a <laughs> It's a journalist. I, it's not a commentary. It's a very, it's a very important story. All right, here we go. One more story. Uh, this is pretty messed up. I don't Apollo know. Apollo Eleven is. Um, <laughs> Crews have suspended their search for a driver after a truck crashed. Robert Kennedy is. He's just Oh, stop it! Also, go tie tie. Um, this is one last story. Here we go. This is a terrible story, but I'm going to end with it anyway. Crews have suspended their search for a driver after a truck crashed off a bridge. Ooh. And into the Chesapeake Bay in southern Virginia on Tuesday morning. Uh, the crash happened around 8.30 a.m. on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel, connecting the Virginia Beach area to the Delmarva Peninsula. Uh, officials said the truck was headed north on the bridge before the second island uh, when it went into the water. 
How far? How high up was it? That's a that I don't know. That's Steve. a pretty high bridge. Uh, the Virginia Beach Fire Department described the truck as a twenty foot box truck, while the Coast Guard called it a tractor trailer. Witnesses reportedly saw a man get out of the truck and drift towards the west. Uh, Coast Guard crews searched approximately one hundred seventy eight square miles with multiple crews, and they didn't find anybody. Uh, we're looking at a picture. It wasn't that high up? No. Uh, the truck was loaded with Duke's mayonnaise. Oh my God! Yeah. No, but listen, there are, there are times when I'm, I'm going over bridges and I'm like, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if I if, if a car slammed into me, if I would if the you know if the guardrail would hold, would you go over the side or whatever? And uh, apparently, it can happen. So, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file this morning. And we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Flash is a living guitar legend, and we spoke about his new album, Four, which is out now, plus how excited he is to get back out on the road. Oh, yeah, we're, we're back in gear. We've been dying to get out. We haven't been on the road since 2019. That's a really a long time for us. Listen to the conversation with me, Pierre Robert, on WMMR.com. Just go to the podcast section and click away. I want to double back to a bizarre file story that I had uh, just a little while ago about... Um, a button that pushed at the Mass Transit Authority yeah. in New York City, happened back in August, and apparently it's one single solitary button that you can push that pretty much shuts down the subway system for the most part. Right. And it was supposed to have a protective thing. Cover over cover it. Cover over it. And apparently that came off at some point, and nobody thought to put it back on. Like, why would you have a reinforced cap for that? And somebody accidentally pushed it, and it shut down the subway system, and there was all kinds of trouble with it, as you can imagine. It was yeah. very, it was out of control. Yeah. Um, and it, a couple of things here. Do you remember we did this a while back? Yes. There was a button you you weren't sure Kathy always wanted to. Oh, yeah. curious as what, what it is did. It was in the hallway. It was in the hallway. Oh, and it made yeah. like a like a. Yeah, it sounds this, when you hit it, but... Other than that, we never found out what no, that no did uh, than make that beat noise. We but... always had the impression that, like, over at B101, the entire board was shutting yeah. down when you pushed... <laughs> you should always just curious what that was. And it reminds me also of, uh, do you remember uh, Joe versus the Volcano? <laughs> yes. In the beginning, he works this mundane job that he hates, and there's a, uh, there's a valve, and it says, do not touch on it. And he quits his job, <laughs> and he's like, you know what? And he goes over there, he starts turning the valve, and nothing happens. He's like, <laughs> I've worked here for eight years, and I've always wondered what would happen if I did that. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, you know, anytime somebody sell- tells you, don't touch that. Like, you're like, well... I know. Well, I kind of want to know. Now I want to do it. I was at um, uh, Wings Field in uh, one of the small, like, Cessnas or whatever it was. And, like, you know, the guy was showing us around. And, uh, you know, he says to me and Jace, jokingly, don't ever touch this or don't ever pull this if if you're in the air. Now I'm thinking, well... Well, I kind of want to pull it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not really, but yeah. like, so the so the entire you know the entire time you're looking at it, like, well, what happens if I pull it? What right, happens if I right, pull it? right. I know it's just don't temp- touch it, don't go near it. It tempts you. <laughs> it's I think it's an innate quality in a lot of people to just. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't focused on that before, yeah. but, but like that works under the premise that you'd be sitting in a plane randomly tugging on switches and stuff like that. Now, the other conversation to have besides I've always wondered what that does was is the conversation of. I did that, and yeah. oh my God, I didn't know this was going to happen, and I kind of have a little <laughs> bit of a story yes. that goes along with this, and I've told it on the air uh, throughout the years. If you've listened to the show, you may have heard this before, but I was working at a restaurant, 
and I was a dishwasher, and I was moving some uh, boxes that were stacked up in the corner in the very back of the restaurant. And they they were stacked up to about eye level. And I'm pulling these boxes off, and I guess as I reached around, I my finger must have gotten caught in this handle, this latch, whatever you want to call it. And I was pulling a box, and as I pulled the box away, I realized that I had pulled the fire suppression system oh, no. for the kitchen. Now, oh my god, it was it was a large button with a with a loop on it. And what you do is you would grab the loop and pull it, and it would. And so, when you pulled it. There was a cord that was attached. The button actually came out of a hole and pulled away from it. Was it was like a hand grenade, And right? there was a cord that was attached to it. And so I pulled it, and the cord came out about three or four inches, and the suppression system didn't go off. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And so I'm like 17 years old, okay? Oh, my God. So what do I do? I push the cord back in there, and I <laughs> stick the, the, the button back all the way in. And I never said anything to wow, anybody. Wow, you came that close to setting it off. Yeah, but... <laughs> oh, no. Um, this poor guy, man. Uh-huh. Another guy probably my age. He was also a dishwasher. <laughs> and he, he hadn't been working there as long as I had. And so he was, uh, Steve, working on the Hobart machine. He Famous was, Hobart mixer. He was, he was, yeah, but he was using it as a as a um, uh, a grater. And he was right. grating cheese. And you had to push down this handle to push this big block of cheese in there to grate it. And so as he's doing it, it's back in the corner by this thing, and he leans back and he puts his shoulder against the fire suppression oh, no. system, and it went off. Oh, what'd you do? Oh my God! <laughs> Were you there when it happened? I was there when it happened. It's, it's very cool to see it happen. It was really cool. It made the biggest mess in the world, yeah. oh, man, because it's right over the fryer sure. and everything, and just this cloud. <laughs> Oh, no. Of powder goes everywhere, and oh like God. so much so, I mean, it's like this rushing avalanche of powder running through the kitchen, and I, I didn't say a word. No, I didn't say anything. <laughs> it was totally my fault. I did it. Do but, you think? Oh, I feel horrible this day. <laughs> I should have, I should have said something to the manager at the time, dude. I pulled this thing. It didn't set off. You know, you may want to have somebody take a look right. at this. But I was 17. I was scared to death. So did yeah. you go to the manager and say, you should fire this guy? <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Clearly, you know. Not as reckless. I, I think he was pulling a prank. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's if he I doesn't know. have respect for you and your business. <laughs> oh, man. And, dude, and, the, and even worse. Okay, so it was like an hour before the end of my shift, okay? So clearly they had to close the kitchen. <laughs> they had to close the whole restaurant. Yeah. Well, you can't. And then... It was cleanup time, and I'm like, dude, I, I, I have to leave? Because <laughs> it would have been an all-day hard clean. It was my fault, and I left. School of Hard Knocks, buddy, you did it. You clean it. I'm a terrible person. Oh, my God. I still feel total guilt to this day for that. Is man. the restaurant still around? No. Is that guy still around? Oh, I, no, I, I, I don't know. He went on a killing spree over the pain that he suffered from. I have from. no idea. Wow. But, but, yeah, here's, here's a text that came in. It says, uh, uh, like the note in Apollo 13 that Kevin Bacon stuck on with tape. It says, do not touch. Do not touch. What's this for? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but that's it. It also comes pressed into unplugging things. Like if you're on, uh, my my, my uh, brothers-in-law are on oh, I have con- a story about that contractors. Too. And you'll be on site, and they'll have, you know, like a, a power strip. Right. And so, sorry, I'm going to plug this in and unplug that. And they, they have countless stories of... 
they're in the middle of something, a piece of machinery that's very dangerous, and it suddenly stops or starts. I got another story for you. Oh, great, yes. I was working as the music director of WKBQ in St. Louis, and I have my own office. I have the music director's office at the music library. Sure. We keep all the CDs and all that stuff at that time. And so this was pre-internet, okay? This is pre computers as being as ubiquitous as they are. But I did have a computer. I used it to uh, schedule the music for the day, right. the programming logs. It's a part of my job. And so I, the, the computer was on all the time. And I'm like, you know what? I should turn this thing off, you know, <laughs> because it's running it all the time. Can't be good. It's on all the time. Yeah. So there was a box on the floor next to my uh, computer screen, my monitor, and I'm like, well, I'll just yeah, I'll just turn it off. This has to be it. Yeah. Okay. What'd you do? What I didn't know, it was the server for the entire sales department. That's awesome. That's great. I turn it off, <laughs> thinking I'm doing a good thing, saving some power. Yeah. People had unsaved projects, oh and sales God. pitches, and <gasps> oh yeah, Kathy, gone, <laughs> gone. And I I was like. I didn't know. I didn't know. So you, my hands up in the air, they came in, our engineers freaking out. I'm like, I didn't know. I thought that was just for my computer. I turned it off. In your oh defense, why would yeah. a switch that could do that yeah, be, in my be office. sitting in your office? I don't know. Um, I was periodically throughout the day uh, taking Ben FM off the air and didn't know it. Oh, yeah, I fixed it and they went back on the air. This is a long time ago. Never told anybody because uh, I fixed it. Uh, but also, there's someone here who completely erased like operating systems on a bunch of computers. Like, I'm not saying who it was because that person's great. But. Um, yeah, just and it was like it, it. It took a little while, like you know, a week or so, whatever. To, but it had to come in and like put it all back on, and it, it didn't go back on the way it was. And so now it's like a different system, and there's a different uh, procedure and in, in what you ha- the way you have to do things. Yeah, it was like uh, a pretty big deal. Um, <laughs> hang on, let me go to. We have some text messages and uh, some phone calls. I'm going to go to Colin. Hey, Colin, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yo, buddy, what's your story, man? client discharge a firefighting foam unit over a big containment tank and uh, it ended up costing them about $15,000. The next day we're done cleaning up. We get all of our equipment out of there. I'm on my way home and I get a call that a contractor bumped the button again and discharged the entire unit. Oh, they reset it. They clean it up. And yeah, boom. It, was, it was horrible. It was horrible. And it was it was foam, too. So even when we got it in the truck, it was coming out the top of the truck because we had no way to suppress the foam. No. Unbelievable. So, so Colin, they ended up, uh, we're looking at $30,000 worth of cleanup? Oh, yeah. Easy. Jesus. Um, and all the man hours to, you know, yeah. on their end to clean it up. It was horrible. Yeah, everybody's going to get paid to be there and clean that up. Wow. And that t- it takes hours and hours to do that as well. So that all yeah, costs money. Wow. All right. Thanks, Colin. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Uh, here's a couple of text messages. Uh, this one says, uh, my daughter pulled the fire alarm at the Camden Aquarium. No. The entire place had to be evacuated. It was the dead of winter on the oh, Delaware, and I just went uh, with my kids. Oh my god! I what? So 
that happens a fair amount. A lot, a lot of times, or at least they used to be, a little bit more reachable and enticing for for kids. I, I mean, did it in high school. I did you? Up, by accident. Yeah. And it, it sounds stupid to say by accident, but it really was. I, I put my hand in the thing. I thought it was like four steps. Turns out it was three. And so I put my hand in the thing, and then I start to pull it down. And that's all you needed to do. But uh, I thought, well, there's got to be a third or fourth step involved. Make, yeah. They pro- probably make this difficult. It can't be this easy. And, you, I, and I end up pulling the fire. And the alarm starts going off. I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> oh, I did that. Why would jackass. Why would you make it easy to alarm people to a fire? <laughs> you did something similar in college, too, right? With the fire extinguisher? No, no, that was uh, drunken on purpose. Okay. Yeah, that was just a dumb <laughs> night with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> oh, Here's, man. Here's a text from uh, intern Ben. As you could imagine. Uh, he says, um, when I was at uh, Temple Radio as the chief engineer, one of the students called me freaking out that the console kept turning off and on and thought it was broken. When I went in, it turns out he just kept kicking the power switch on and off with his foot. Wait a minute. As you can imagine. You can kick the power switch with your foot? No, it may have been like a, a strip. It was probably plugged oh. into a strip. Because that's a he, bad place for a bounce. And he's sitting there, you know, t- uh, clicking it on and off and not even realizing it. Oh, man. Oh, you and you feel like such a jackass. Here's another one that says, as a toddler, I pulled the fire alarm on Christmas Eve at church. <laughs> on Christmas Eve. When it's packed. Not, yeah, not a heavy time of year. They had to evacuate the whole church, <sighs> and my parents rushed me out. But here's the kicker. No one knew it was me. And I'll bet you never said anything either <laughs> till now. When it's on a scale like that. Like, you know, we don't really know what happened on the Hindenburg. Right. Right. It was supposed to be the people against the Nazis or something. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. This one says, I evacuated the Independence Center, but it doesn't say why or how. Uh, yeah. If you cause an evacuation, <laughs> that's not good. It's, I mean, honestly, and it, listen, with all these things, that's why you, you can go to jail for, for pulling a fire alarm. And, and it's it's an act of uh, well, people can panic yeah. and get and, hurt and get killed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's like, yeah, sure. Let's open it up. Did you ever cause an evacuation? <laughs> Feel free to give us a call. 215-263-WMMR. I'm going to go to. Yeah, let me go to uh, Kenny. Hey, Kenny. Hey, Kenny. Hey. <laughs> What's up, brother? Oh, man. My son lives in Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> so I went down to visit, and me, him, my grandson, and my granddaughter, we decided to go into Dallas. He says, oh, let's go to Dealey Plaza. Okay. All right. So we go to Dealey Plaza. We're walking around and looking, you know, walking around. Okay, here's where JFK was shot. There's the building. There's, you know. So we go in. They have tours yeah. in the book depository building. So we go in there, and it's crowded as hell. So we decided oh, we're not going to wait around. So there's a building right next to it that's a, that's joined by a little tunnel that goes through a gift shop, and it takes you into this lobby of a, an old office building that they turn into apartments. Real nice. So we're, we're standing around. There's nobody in the lobby but us. All of a sudden, I hear this snap, and all I heard was, Oh, no. Oh, man. I looked up at my son, and he looked at me, and I was just like the roadrunner, you know, where he goes, meet me. (laughs) (laughs) I was at that door. I'm laughing my ass off. Now, I don't condone this. Right. It's a very serious thing, pulling fire alarms. But here's a a two-year-old kid. What he did was the the box for the the pulling alarm 
was it was a handicap box, so it's lower. It was lower. Yeah. So he looks at it, and I heard that snap, and I just knew what it was. And oh, then no. that guy went off. We ran. <laughs> you just you just completely left the whole area, left the tour, left all of it. Man. I shot at air like a bat out of hell. Oh, that's funny. Sure, sure. I mean, I understand the reaction. We were two blocks away. We were two blocks away by the time the fire trucks got there. Oh, my God. I said, well, I said, dude, I said, you want to go back there? Go ahead. He's not my kid. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But a two-year-old, I think would have given you a pass. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Yeah, Thanks, you don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, Appreciate it, buddy. it's a serious thing. It probably was, but I wasn't sticking around the fire. I got you. I got you. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, text message. This is our winner right here. And it says, uh, I was a White House intern. <gasps> I accidentally evacuated the West Wing in no. the old executive office building. Is that um, real? I guess so, and it does it's, not. Did you ask him to call in, Nick? Yeah, it's a, a reputable source. So we're. I think oh Marissa's actually calling right now. Uh, yeah, she is. Marissa has her on the, uh, oh on the line. Oh, my God. Preston, she's on the line. Okay, hang on. Which, uh, Ten, okay, yeah, online, let, me, yeah. let me go to Zoe. Hi, Zoe, good morning. Hi, Preston, hey, good morning. Good morning. Oh, Zoe, you poor thing. Okay. <laughs> There you are. Tell us what happened. Um, so I was a student at GW, and I was a White House intern, and I had a blue pass, so I was able to get into the West Wing. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, so I was a stupid freshman, and I was dating this guy, and all of the phone lines are basically monitored um, in the area for suspicious phone calls and activity, and my boyfriend at the time uh, called um, 411 to get the phone number for Domino's because it was, like, late at night and we were had the munchies, and he was drunk, and he said to the operator after she gave him the number, because that's when you, like, talk to an actual person on right. 411. Yeah. He said, uh, oh, and by the way, I'm going to kill the president. No. Oh, why would he my say that? God. Why? Before he hung up, yeah, I was a real moron. So basically what happened is that <sighs> less than 10 minutes later, the Secret Service stormed his parents' house in Livingston, New Jersey. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Stormed our apartment in the Statesman, which was two blocks from the White House. And, um, and yeah, they evacuated the West Wing and the entire old executive office building where the vice president Zoe, oh, Zoe, God. listen, honestly, even, even oh. if you were just from a, from a, from a residential home anywhere to finish yeah. off a call to say, and by the way, I'm going to kill a president would present a whole host of issues. What compelled yeah. this guy to say? Uh, we we had some issues after that. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. So what? Were you, that were you? That was the end of my internship. So what, not only that, were you charged with anything? Was he charged with anything? Just absolute, complete stupidity. All right, I thought they would go harder on that. Wow. Jesus. No, I think they would have had they known, had they, you know, yeah. had it been somebody with, you know, a, this, my, listen, I, I'm, we're not even friends anymore, so I can no. say for certain that this person wasn't completely there in the first place. Okay. Wow. Zoe, do you ever, do you ever uh, run tabs like through Facebook and see what this guy's life ended up like? Oh, yeah. Actually, he was on, I saw him on television uh, about a year ago. That can't he be good. On, he was on, like, Married at First Sight. Uh, 
<laughs> this dude is... Oh, my God. Does he work for Domino's now? By the <laughs> you know, it just drilled down the fact that he hadn't changed that much. He was still pretty dumb. <laughs> still um, pretty dumb. God, so but he's an incredibly successful real estate agent in Manhattan. I'm giving way too many clues. I'm sure there's a million people that know who it is. Wow. You know, he has that, that kind of uh, that wow. get-to-it attitude that phones in <laughs> death threats to the president. I would, Zoe, you're, uh, you know, the moment you when you realize something bad has happened, like the blood rushes yeah. from your head and you get lightheaded. You know, when he hung up the phone with 411, I was pretty baked at the time. And I was just kind of like, that was really, like, funny, huh? I wonder if, if anybody would ever, you know, think that was serious. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like literally less than... Ten minutes went by before we were up against the wall. To oh. be honest, I'm glad to hear that response was that quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. my, 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 my yeah. brother was Secret Service for years, and 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 uh, yeah, that you especially it's like it's the worst of an '80s slasher flick. The call is coming from within the White House. I mean, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, that's, that's crazy. I mean, we were literally two blocks away. From the White House. Oh, That's two blocks. All right, wow. Washington campuses. It's on the exact same street, just two blocks down. Jeez. That's outrageous. All right, Zoe, thank you so much for sharing that story. That's crazy. Hey, have a great day, All right, guys. You too. We'll see you later. Oh, my God. I'm surprised they didn't go harder on a man for that. Oh, man. Uh, okay, hang on a second here. There are more really good calls coming up here. I'm going to go to Joe next. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Joe? All right, so it was like a weekend job. I had to help my friend run wires, uh, alarm wires at NASA down at Cape Canaveral. Yeah. So he owned an alarm company. So we're running wires in this in this ceiling, and I was holding the ladder for him. And as I'm holding the ladder for him, I'm looking ahead of me, in front of me on the wall, and I see this crazy meter. And it was a CO2 meter. And I said, hey, look at that. It had like a screen in front of it, like a metal uh, stainless steel little screen on this. It looked like a thermostat. And I right. Said, yeah, well, so I got close to it and I inhaled and exhaled into it, and the and the, and the numbers dropped. I was like, "Wow, look at that!" And he's all he's up in the attic. I mean, he's up in the ceiling <laughs> doing his thing. I'm being like a dummy down there, and I'm just like, "Hey, look at that! I made it move a little bit." <laughs> and then I went. I did it again. Inhaled and exhaled really hard into it, and the alarms went. Off, and all the lights went on, and I was like, "Oh my god, did I just do that?" And I was like, "He's," and he comes down. He's like, "What the hell is that?" And I said, "Oh my god, I was just breathing into this thing." And these and this, all the security people ended up coming into the building, and I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Oh, man. So, it, obviously, uh, it was a, uh, a carbon monoxide detector, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, and so, I guess it was almost maybe lack of oxygen it had noted. Set it off. And therefore set off an alarm because... Jesus. Yep. Oh, my yep. God. So, and it was in the cryogenics lab at NASA. It was the, like, the I was cryogenics just, I was just, lab. It was, this was back in 1992, and I was just... You know, I'm like a science freak, and I'm like in this lab thinking, like, I love this place. This is awesome. And what did I do? I just messed the entire thing oh up. Oh, my God. But oh, they, dude. But they, I guess they just figured it was like a glitch. They evacuated the building, and, and you know, I didn't I didn't admit to it. That's, That's incredible. Hilarious. All yeah. right. Thanks, Joe. NASA. I appreciate it. All right. So, all right. We've evacuated NASA. Yeah. We've evacuated the White House. There's no way we're going to beat those stories. Vatican? That maybe yeah. that'd be up there for yeah. sure. All right, they, let me go. Oh no! 
This is so much more intense than I ever thought. Look at this one, Matt. Hey, Matt, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Great, man. All right, so you caused an evacuation? I did. What happened? So it, it could have been worse. So okay. think of it that way. All right. So I was working for a company that does uh, wheat suppression. And to give you an idea how big the company is, we use trucks with 300-gallon tanks on them. Wow. Okay, I've stuff to spray, spray weeds, weeds with. In, in, in industrial areas. Okay. So I was at New Oyster Creek Nuclear Power Plant. <laughs> oh, no. It's <laughs> okay. not going to go well. So we sprayed all morning. It was lunchtime, around lunchtime, and the tank emptied. So I said to the guys, hey, I need a to fill up my tank while we're eating lunch. And the guy says, oh, go over there by the maintenance building. There's a hose over there. I'm like, guy, if I use a garden hose, we're going to be here for like two hours waiting to fill the tank. I need a fire hydrant. Okay. And he was like, oh, okay, use that one over there. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I start filling up the tank off the fire hydrant. Well, all of a sudden... I start seeing people running out of the maintenance building, which is right next to That's what we cool the reactor with. That's the water we used to cool the reactor with. No, what was it? The fire suppression system is based on water pressure. So I dropped the water pressure within 5 PSI in the nuclear power plant. I'm setting off the fire suppression system in the nuclear power plant. Oh, my God. Did, was the entire facility evacuated? Because the suppression system didn't go off the power in the actual reactor. Those pe- those people had to stay in there to maintain the reactor. But the whole entire rest of the property had to come oh out of their God. buildings and evacuate their buildings. Well, you, you, you had things working in your favor. You had people, you had the, one of the guys who works there t- pointing you towards that hydrant. And you had two security guards from the facility <laughs> who were watching you. Were you in the clear at that point? I, I thank goodness because when the guy came running from the maintenance <laughs> building and screaming, cursing at me, I literally, you know, he's like, Using a lot of expletives. Yeah. So what the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, you know, he's, I said, he's like, why are you using that fire hydrant? I said, because that guy right there told me I could. <laughs> so he looks at that guy, you know, and then starts going on a tirade from that point on. And then says to me, well, just so you know, from now on, you cannot use a fire hydrant within the fence line. Okay. So I became, I became the only contractor that was allowed in Oyster Creek nuclear power plant to go in and out of the fence line without getting my truck uh, inspected every time okay. I went in and out of the fence wow. because I had to go outside the fence line back to JCPL's <laughs> station to get water every time I had to refill. I, I, could you imagine, though, if uh, after this, you know, the people are running out, all of a sudden, like, uh, the the tornado sirens in the yeah. entire country yes. uh, county oh, start going off and evacuations all around a 15-mile radius or something. Yeah. Oh, my God, Matt. That's crazy, dude. Did they Once they found out at work that that happened, what was that like? Oh, my God. Oh, because so I called my boss. I actually had to put it in a report, and my boss saw it. You know, the next morning when the when the report came through on his desk, 
So the next time I had to go back up to the office because the office was out in Pennsylvania. So I didn't go there all the time, but I went there like two or three weeks later. I, the entire office of all the managers <laughs> were literally howling, laughing at me. Of course, yes. <laughs> it wasn't your fault. Uh, well, because the funniest, because the funniest part was, I had to go with this job. I had to go into some really sensitive places. Like I tried to just drive into at the time. This is. Uh, a year post 9-11, mind you. Yeah. So things are still fresh, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, yes. drive, Raw. I tried to drive straight on to um, Naval Weapons Station Earl in New Jersey <laughs> because I had been able to get on to Port Dix by filling out a bunch of paperwork. <laughs> well, I tried to drive on to, to Naval Weapons Station Earl, and the, the woman looks at me and goes, and she was a wonderful lady, and she, she looks at me and goes, oh, honey, this ain't Fort Dix. You ain't getting out here without a lot of paperwork. <laughs> right, right. Because literally it took two months for me to get my security clearances to get onto the base. Yeah, you're the, you're the fellow that tried to blow up the nuclear power plant. <laughs> I recognize your name. I know you. You tried to blow up the Orange Creek power plant. Yeah, your nickname from there on should have been Meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> so it became like this running joke with the company that I, you know, I had all these issues trying to get into places because I screwed up nuclear. You know, nuclear <laughs> oh, my power God. Plant. But again, it wasn't your fault. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, my no, God. Absolutely not. My that's a great story. All right, Matt. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Well, that's that's three. We'll see you. Wow. NASA, yeah. the White House, and a nuclear power. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, those were totally worth it. Wow. Okay, interesting. Well, listen, those of you who are on hold right now, I apologize that we're not going to get to your call, but we just can't beat those. Yeah. And thank you so much for calling in. We do appreciate it. Uh, that's, yeah, okay, so, yeah, this, uh, this all stemmed from that story that it came out, um, in August in, uh, New York City, where the, a good portion of the subway system was shut down because of one button. One button. One button that the, uh, the protective covering on it was snapped off and somebody accidentally pushed it. <laughs> now, what they don't know, if it was, I wonder what happens if I push this. Yeah. Or if somebody bumped it or whatever, but there was human error. Uh, that definitely was a cause of that. So thank you for the calls. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't expect all of those stories. No. Man, oh, man. Um, all right, listen, I want to take a break. Come back in just a moment. Stay with us. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shops. That's right, and this month's band is Pawn Shop Roses. Shop Roses, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks, Philly. Hey, I wanted to go back to the um, little Nas X uh, thing from Saturday Night Live. Uh, he used performance, and apparently he like did like a squat maneuver. Right, so he, he's holding on to the pole. Yeah, he goes down low, spreads his legs out, and when he gets up, you can see he knows 
oh, there's too much air coming in there. Just ripped right down the middle. Right, right. And I'm guessing, yeah. I'm assuming he didn't, he wasn't wearing underwear, and that's why he had to this. have his hand there, because underwear, big deal, whatever. Yeah. But he had to have been hanging yeah. out, and so he had to put his hand down there for the rest of the performance. So, <laughs> uh, I've, I've never had a full-on... Like ripped pants moment where you just like you just completely torn. I have. I've, I had have had like jeans over time where you look down and you're like oh my god there's a hole down there you know right oh you're like I never well, yeah I never do that how yeah. long has that been there right you know? right and jeans will do that after a while in certain yep. areas. My sister in law had to escort my brother out of a wedding because uh, no. he well he my brother he'll he'll dance you know at weddings yeah, yeah. he's not afraid to get on the dance floor and, and he must have done like a booty drop or something I don't know what he did but literally <laughs> and he was in the wedding so he split the pants all the way up and it was towards the end of the night and he was just there and she goes I'm looking at him and like he, he did have underwear on but she's like his underwear were just it, hanging out like the whole thing was ripped up so she just stood behind him and was like okay it's time to go and like they. <laughs> to walk out of the wedding with her following behind him. Hey, a text from somebody reminded me, and it was here, uh, Lenny Kravitz. W- wasn't that here? I think I it was. No. He was wearing no underwear. And his dong came flopping yeah, out. Oh, yeah, it wasn't here. I thought you meant at our radio I, I, so station. Did I. I was like, I don't think no, I might have remembered that. <laughs> no, uh, no, it was at a concert. It might have been at the man. I'm not 100% it, sure. Okay, because I saw footage of it. I thought it was like the American Music Awards or something like it that. It was outside. It was definitely on a stage. I think it might have been here, President. It might have been. Yeah. And but regardless, he's he's wearing his usual Lenny Kravitz tight pants. Right. And Lenny's whole unit came out and the whole thing from what I <laughs> well, understand. Yeah. Well, it, was, it was in Stockholm. But, uh, the, oh, it was in Stockholm. Yeah. That's here. That's so Stockholm yeah. is, the, is the second New Jersey. Hey, right. you know what? This area was a big, big concentration of Swedes, uh, especially yep. in the earlier days. Right. So you could yeah. see the mistake. Wait, remember Jackie Bam Bam? I forgot about it. You reminded me not that long ago. His There was a slit in his uh, leggings that he wore and his... Guys just came flopping I out. I know. You saw this? No, I, I saw it. it. Oh, my God. I saw it because he did the, like, <laughs> leg up. They fell out. Remember, we debated on whether or not he did it on purpose. You said it almost knocked you out, right? Ew, they just flew out. I've seen his butt crack. I've never seen his. Uh, I've never seen any of his uh, equipment. I mean, you could just see the contours through his pants oh, well, all the that, time. Yeah, I yeah. could probably give a sketch artist yeah. a pretty good description, but you know I haven't seen like. it in the quote-unquote flesh before. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me get some calls. I'm going to go to Johnny on the line one. Hey, Johnny, good morning. Uh, good morning, it, Preston. Good morning, it, sir. So you've had a, a ripped pants moment? Oh, uh, several. It's actually a running test with, like, a group of my friends. I blow out a crotch of pants, like, probably, like, at least monthly. I don't know. I have, I have like, a tiny waist and short inseam and, like, tree trunk legs. So it happens all the time. Oh, so, but yeah. There's a... I go, I go out, like, I'll just get, like, I, I know it's like a chicken and egg, but I get, like, a cheap of pants, because I don't know if it works. Go ahead. Oh, we're losing oh, you. Oh. Hang on, Johnny. We lost the last uh, few things you oh, said there. I'm sorry. No, can it's all right. Now? Yeah. yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. So, I, I, I just get cheap pants. I know it's, like, probably causing it, but I go out to Old Navy, and I try on a pair of pants, and I'm like, all right, these are good. The next size down, I was like, I'll give it a shot. I get them on, I'm like, well, oh, they're a little tight. <laughs> And I bend, I bend, do the bend down test, and it, boom! I'm telling you, like a gunshot. It went from knee to knee. The whole crotch from knee to knee is just open. And so I just walked back to the counter and I said, "I don't know if you just heard that, but these pants exploded." And the, and the girl was like, 
Okay, and I just like I walked. Out. I didn't even buy anything. I just walked out. Wow! Yeah. Uh, okay. You guys ever do that? Do you ever give the Thanks. test? Where you, I, I, so I'll buy a pair of pants. I like to see. <laughs> In fact, there's a new. There's an ad floating. There's this new suit company that says you could like do deadlifts and work out, and you know, and huh. and and because because it gives, you know, right. it has a little. Uh, and so I'll I'll do the you know if I get a pair of jeans can I you know no I want I probably, it to be just the right fit but I bend over and all that stuff that's a, it's a good idea yeah, to do yeah, that yeah, yeah, because yeah. the worst is if you get the wrong size <laughs> and then you bring it and then bring Dude. it home and then the first time you wear them you tear them I mean like I shop so often at like TJ Maxx and. Uh, Marshalls. Marshalls, they don't like. I mean, they have a dressing room, but it's not like a normal. It's so a Max and East dressing. They have a dressing. I know room it's. I know, but it's not like a regular department store. I don't. What I'm trying to What's say different? here is what. Yeah, I don't. Tr- there's I don't a, there's know. a chocolate fountain. There's nothing different. <laughs> you, you just don't want to try just, on there. I just don't want to try it on there. Also, uh, because it's easy to return. If you, but you probably don't return either. Uh, no, I know my size, so I just uh, you know, like, hey, I'm wearing shorts today that I just kind of was like, mm, I think so, and uh, and they fit and, yeah. and they they worked, but I, I rarely use a dressing room. Do you know your reason for hesitation in using a dressing room? Is it just a pain in the ass to put take clothes off and put them back on? Are you and... afraid an employee's looking at your pee pee? No, 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 no. I actually I, I'll use a dressing room at like Macy's. I don't know. To me, that just seems like more like legit. Like it might be like a sanitary thing. I okay. don't know. Like, what are you Mar- doing in there that requires you to be spotless? Like nothing. I don't know. Marshalls is just and TJ Maxx. And but by the way, I am a Maxinista. You, you are not a knock, and, yeah. I, and I, I love them. <laughs> it's just everything's just kind of like thrown there, you know. So I don't. Oh, like, you're oh, saying that they don't. Cluttering. They don't come in and 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 rehang the clothes or pull the old clothes. <laughs> Right? I'm guessing that, listen, I've had to use... Like half-eaten hoagies and stuff? No, you I, have to take it out because they give you a number. They're pretty strict, actually, at places like that. Because, are they? Where, Marshalls? Yeah, like oh. because they'll give you the number and then they count your clothes when they bring it out to okay. make sure it's not, no one's shoplifting. Are you okay. saying that you've had more luxurious dressing room experiences? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My handkerchief pants that I bought at uh, Macy's, I tried those on. Would you like that... me to hold your testicles, sir, as you <laughs> try on these slacks? There are dressing rooms where they like treat you super nice, right? Like they'll bring in champagne and crap, you know, if you want that oh, type of thing. if you go right to a high-end high end place? Yeah, no, he's right. Seriously, like it, at a high-end, like at a, 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 listen, I've been there like twice, you know, and it probably wasn't even for me. I probably Like Ross. Like, yeah, no, 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 not like Ross. <laughs> uh, you can dress best for less there. <laughs> you can. Well, when I've gone to, to purchase a suit or something like that, they're yeah. definitely yeah, nicer. Yeah, right. when they're, they're going to tailor you and measure you but and stuff I'm like that. I'm not talking about regular Ross. I'm talking about Ross Platinum, which right. is the Ross other. Ross, Ross Plus. <laughs> what is the, uh, what's the fanciest department store in the in the King of Prussia Mall? Not not uh, like... Um, Neiman owner... Marcus. Okay, yeah. Spencer's. Wait, uh, Neiman Marcus is the one that has the um, <laughs> piano player? Yes, uh, yes. Know. Yeah, I guess There's so. a piano sure. right up front. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've sat in that dressing room waiting for either my ex-wife or my girlfriend to yeah. come out, probably not at the same time, <laughs> and I had, I was served a Fancy glass. meeting you here. <laughs> they give you booze? <laughs> yeah, glass no of champagne. That's because you have to spend like $9,000 totally. $9, yeah. to yeah. buy yeah. one this thing. Will, this will <laughs> numb the pain. Yeah. They're like, they're <laughs> Your drink. mental anguish for spending well, that much money. On what do you do for a living? I work in radio. Give me that champagne. I actually used to... Um... I used to get it on with my girlfriend in the dressing room. Are you serious? Room. Yeah, just specifically be like, hey, wow. do you want to go pop in there real quick? It, Seriously. Swear to God. All right. What, what stores? Um, Any well, store? So, uh, or Ross? Department <laughs> stores. Like, uh, like not Macy's. Oh, go. what was... You would never defile Macy's. Macy's never. Never Macy's. No, Um. so at the Springfield Mall, the Target, what the freak did that store used to Boscoff's? be? Boscoff's? 
Obviously, no, Bostock's is at Granite Run. Strawbridges? Strawbridges. Okay. Oh, I loved Strawbridges. Yeah, yeah I missed them. So we, yeah, we just kind of pop in there, which That's is crazy. Wow. Because How many times would you do this? We did it at least twice, I think three times. But this is not you. Ever discovered? Totally story. I can tell by the look on his face he's telling the no, truth. No, no, it's true. It, and, and it's, it's also true. like it's, it's true. It's But it's also like very weird because. You like people to watch. No, <laughs> she is like not. Like circumcised? No, she's no, no. Goody? She's not. Like, she, yeah, she's kind of like a, a more on the goody goody side. So oh. that, like that was like for her. That was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be bad. But that's your ex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be bad. I'm gonna be so bad. Let's go to Ross. Yeah, Casey, yep. you're then you're in in her edgy uh, yeah. time period. Uh, you, you're an icon in that world to her. Right. So. I want you to bone me at Wicks and Sticks. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> All right, hang on. I'm going to go back to the ripped pants. That's what we oh, were right. talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, if you bang in the changing yes. room, yeah. by all means. I want to hear sure about that. that, too. I'll take uh, changing room stories. I'm going to go to Jason. Jason, you're on the air. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jason? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. So I ripped my pants. I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> Uh, I'm a truck driver. I, I move heavy equipment for a living, so I have to move these ramps. Yeah. So when I bend down, I got to bend down in like a, uh, say, like a three-point uh, position. Sure. Yeah. And I blew it out from the front <laughs> to the back before, <laughs> and I had to stop at a uh, thrift store <laughs> to get myself pants. And I went up to the counter to the lady, and uh, she said, do you want a bag? I said, no. I said, do you have a change room? I'm going to put these on right now. So, you know, you pull it. Now, that, people don't realize what it takes to blow out a pair of pants from front to back. Yeah. You're blowing out the entire seam yeah. from, from nuts to butt, as they say, all the way around. So how many times do you do this, Jason? Oh, I, I probably, I could probably count on two hands how many pairs of pants I've done. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot, man. I'm, I'm, kind, I'm kind of like small. I'm like the other guy, small-waisted, big, big, big legs. So every time I go down... It just, I guess it's a lot of pressure down there. Yeah. Jason, may, may I ask why at this point you don't keep extra pants in your vehicle? I, I actually started doing that. Night. <laughs> 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 no, that's a good I call. The whole thrift store yeah. thing, I, I figured I'd maybe I'd grab one or two pairs while I was there. Sure. All right, a couple thanks, of backups. <laughs> Do you guys keep up uh, backup clothing anywhere, like in your car? or I probably should. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a good idea. You do? What, what do you keep in there? I always keep a, like what I'm wearing right now, like a sweater in my trunk if I go to a restaurant or somewhere. Extra brown panties. No, in case it's cold, because if I'm cold, it will ruin my day, night experience wherever I am. So right. I always keep, uh, you know, even in the summertime, if you go somewhere and the air conditioning, right. it, you know, is pretty low. So I always, yeah, I always have a sweater. In I, used to have, I used to have backup clothes in my, my golf bag. I haven't played in a couple of years because of my shoulder, but I always had all kinds of backup stuff ready to go. And there were times where I wasn't even playing golf and I needed something and I had it in my golf bag because it was always in my trunk. I forget the golfer I saw who had... Um Preston, he had uh, so when you lifted up the back of the trunk, the actual trunk, the mm-hmm. the what what do you call the actual uh, the, the, the door, the lid, the, the lid or whatever right. you want to call it? Yeah, under that there was a key, and that would come down, and there were folded like shirts and, and like oh art. no kidding, yeah, yeah like a, like a like, dresser of sorts exactly. underneath there that that's would come cool. down. It was very cool. I like I'm that. like wow, that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm a little cluttery right now, uh, but normally I like to have at least one blanket, one ball, <laughs> uh, uh, and a change of clothes. Well, okay. You know, I, you need to have like a sweatshirt. Uh, um, 
Definitely some underpants in case you poop your pants, you know. (laughs) (laughs) How often do you go commando? Do you go commando? Never. Never. I I go probably about... 30% 30% of the time. When, I, right. when I'm wearing jeans, I do a lot. I'm going to start doing that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hang on. I got This is not ripped pants. This is wardrobe malfunction, but i got to hear this story. I'm going to go to Gary, <laughs> no. uh, who's on the phone line. Hey, Gary, good morning. Those tornadoes were <laughs> real. They were real. <laughs> Gary. Okay, Gary, tell this story. It's about your wife, right? Yeah, all right. So we used to run with the ambulance squad here in town, and I'm not going to say the town. Um, but back in the day, we had these jumpsuits that we could wear instead of, you know, regular uniform. Uh-huh. So middle of the night, we get popped out for a cardiac arrest. <clears throat> My wife gets this station. I get this station. We get in the rig. We go to the house. And she must not have zipped this thing up all the way because she's doing CPR. And <clears throat> I'm just watching the zipper work its way down. Oh, no. <laughs> and she's a voluptuous gal. And boom. Boobs came out. Oh, wow. While give it while CPR doing the chest compressions. Uh, yep. Oh my goodness. In the bra or did they pop out of the bra too? No, she didn't put a bra on. It was it was in the middle <laughs> of the middle night. Middle of the night. <laughs> they just threw their, <laughs> their suits on. Oh, oh my, my goodness. This will start your heart. So what did you what did you do? Did you tell her and and take over or what <laughs> happened? Fortunately, we had a third. I, I was on the, the mask. Okay. Um, we had a third. He jumped in. She quit zipped it up. And That's amazing. About as red as I've ever seen a person turn red. Oh, my goodness. That's wild. That's a great story. That's All a good right. way to shock someone back. Thanks, yeah. Gary. Appreciate it. Uh, there can be times where it's uh, you're you're in like Nas was on stage and you have Will here who had it at a at a, a pretty inconvenient place. Hey, Will, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Gadzooks, everybody. Gadzooks, buddy, what's up? So, senior prom, um, rent rent the tux, whatever. We rented the limo because we were driving from South Jersey to the Bellevue in Philadelphia, and so go to the guy, my friend's house, get all the pictures taken, whatever. We all get in the limo, okay? And there's about six of us there, so we're about three minutes down the road, and out of the blue, my one friend looks at me. He he says, "Will, I think your pants are ripped," <laughs> and I said, "Where?" He goes. He go and my prom date goes uh, sit up for a little bit, and sure enough, they were split on the seam from the back to nearly the front. Oh my god! And you and you have the whole night ahead of you, right? It's just like, oh my god, what are we going to do now? They were on the seam. Thankfully, and our limo driver and I forget his name to this day, but our limo driver he goes, "I have a sewing kit." So, what? you know, we're, we we get to the Ben Franklin Bridge, and my date goes, "Take off your pants yeah. and and kill and, yourself <laughs> and jump and jump." Get to the Ben Franklin, and sure enough, she does a speed job on the sewing. And all that, and so by the time we got to prom, my pants were back on, and this it, the show job held up, held up for the for the rest of the for the rest of the night. But it, I mean, but there I am, there I am in the half my tuxedo with other prom dates, just sitting in my underwear, like just waiting for my pants. Oh, let me ask you, Will, did you marry that girl? I mean, talk about it. Uh, 
no, no, I no, I, I, I don't speak to her any. Don't speak to her <laughs> <Look at anyway. laughs> She's got the goods on you. That's yeah. a great story, Will. Thanks, man. Thank Appreciate you. it. Right, bye. That's a, a smart driver having a, uh, yeah. a so kid. I would imagine they're taking people in to formal occasions all the time. So yes, it's a smart idea. Well, wait, remember when I? I just forgot. I mean, I just remembered this uh, when I was doing the routine, the salsa routine, and my top came off. Oh yeah, remember yes. the salsa snapped and came down. And I mean, fortunately, I did have a, a, a form of a bra on. So you have it wasn't audio like of that, Kathy. Bare nipple. I remember that there was video of that. that oh got, yeah, there, there was. There yeah, was got video. Confiscated. Yep my my friend Bud was taking because when you do those things, I mean, there's nine million cameras, and yeah. he used to record all of the performances, and he was recording. And I remember I just I <laughs> went down. I was supposed to go down to the floor with like my leg out, and I went down like a couple of beats early. And I remember my partner looking at me like. What are you doing? Uh, the choreographer of I could see her. She was like, "What are you doing? You rarely mess up." And I quick. I mean, it was. I don't even know how this happened. I quick redid it behind my neck. It went <laughs> the 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 hook and I went right in, and I stood back up, and we finished. And they were all like, "What just happened?" Wow. wow. Uh, Casey, we have uh, Mary on the phone line who has uh, similarly ducked into uh, changing oh, rooms before. Okay. Hi, Mary. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Mary. Okay, so you've been to some of the same places as Casey. I see. I have. Yes. All right. Where? where... And who, who... I can confirm between TJ Maxx and Macy's, my husband and I have frequented both dressing rooms together, hmm. and I can confirm that Macy's is yes a nicer dressing room. Okay. They are bigger. Yeah. The couches are nicer and softer. Couches. What? In the Macy's dressing room, yeah, there's like Casey, you're missing out. There's couches in they the Macy's must have dressing couches room in the, in the women's section because they ain't no couches in the men's section. Well, I mean, it's nicer to get bent over, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my well, then God. go go it's to the nicer to get bent over. Go to a Tom McCann because the thing that the shoe salesman sits on is slanted. <laughs> hey, hang on, Mary. So let me ask you this: Are these these changing rooms? You know, some changing rooms you go into, they're almost like bathroom stalls where the bottom isn't completely covered. You can see the feet from the, per- the person in the room next to you. Or mm-hmm. do you have complete privacy? Four walls altogether. So this, no, it's kind of the same. There's four walls, but the doors are. Like, the doors don't go all the way to the floor. They're right. you can, yeah, you can see feet underneath. Oh, I always thought that that was, that was part of the uh, security protocol. That they, they, they kept yeah, those maybe. so that you couldn't, um, you know, differ- so you couldn't bang in the right. room. Hey, uh, which which Macy's and TJ Maxx are you going to? Are you, are you in Delco or are you somewhere else? Uh, no, um... Chester, Montgomery County. Okay. So is this a She's thing for similar. is this a thing for you and your husband? Like, do you guys uh, seek these out as sort of um, pleasure seeking? N- no, no. It was you know we've been together for a long time. We've been married for a long time, and there have been times where it's like we're finally out. We have we have a couple kids, and we're finally out without the kids on you know like once every five years. And I was shopping for a bathing suit for a vacation, and he was like, "Hey, let me see how it looks." So I said, "Okay," that and you know. <laughs> Uh, hang on a second. I'm going to go. This looks fun. Uh, go back to rip pants. I have Dennis on the line. Hey, Dennis. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Oh, oh, thanks, man. We appreciate it. it says here you're a police officer. Uh, I am, sir. All right. Well, thanks for listening, man. We appreciate it. What's your story about uh, your your pants getting ripped? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I live 
uh, around the big city. Uh, we'll call it Schmelvadelphia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I used to take the train to court because traffic was so crazy, and I would wear my uniform. Yeah, we used to wear uniforms to court. Right. And I, I didn't realize it, but when I sat down, I must have split my pants. <laughs> and I'm in full uniform. Now, when I got to court, I had to testify. So <laughs> when you go to testify, you have to walk past pretty much everybody that you're testifying with. And, you know, there's cops behind you, your peers looking at you and everything. And I'm walking down and I get down to see and I see people chuckling and I have no idea why. So I continue. I do my testifying. I get done. I come back down. And then my partner at the time, like, you know, in a, you know, we'll call it a real mature way. Let me know that my pants are split. <laughs> and I reach back and realize it. And now I look back in the entire courtroom just chuckling. Oh, oh my God. Is that what you call playing on the sympathies of the court? If you, uh, <laughs> absolutely. If you're absolutely. Being uh, yes. played my best. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate you checking in from Schmilladelphia this morning. <laughs> See you guys. Take care, man. Uh, let me go to Steve. Hi, Steve. Good morning, sir. Hi, how you doing? Good. What's up, Steve? Um, I rip my pants a lot, but, um, <laughs> or used to, uh, cause I, I've been funny and my ankles are all screwed up, but that's a different story. So, all right. <laughs> I was chaperoning my son's class trip, oh, no. um, to William Penn's house. Okay. And I was bringing up the rear of the line, like the slow, the kids that are like, you know, staring at trees and like, you know, yeah. Uh, so one of them had an untied shoelace, so I, I bent down awkwardly to tie it and oh. ripped my pants from pretty much knee to knee all around the crotch area. Oh, Jesus Christ. And the kid, the kid, so the kid looks up at me in horror. I just keep tying the shoes, and then I I was, I was, didn't know what to do, so I, I just awkwardly actually said the words, don't tell anybody, this will be our secret. Oh, my God. Oh, dear God. Yeah. <laughs> you don't tell anyone. <laughs> this is just for us. Oh my so God. let me ask you, what was the underwear situation like that day? Oh no, always underwear. Okay. Right. Was did your did you did you say it was your son's uh, field trip? Yeah. Uh did it he find like out about the ripped race. pants? Oh, oh, yeah. Well I had to like I had a uh, like a sweatshirt. So yeah. I had to like walk with it like tied around me in the front like, <laughs> yep. like an apron. Yep, 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 yep. You do what you gotta do. Yeah, I'm just into grunge. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, right. I'm yeah, into the grunge, grunge now. thing. Nice. I had uh, Marissa pull this because it was uh, perfect for this. So those are SpongeBob fans. I ripped my pants. It's a whole song. I thought that I had everybody on my side, but I went and blew it all sky high. And now she won't even spare a passing glance. All just because I ripped my pants. When Big Larry came around just to put him down. The off chance my son was listening, I wanted to play that. We will sing this every now and then. Um, I'm going to go to uh, Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. Hey, good morning. How you all doing? Good. What's up, bud? So, nothing much. So, going back uh, late 80s when I got married at the Pinners down on Tarsdale Avenue. And, you know, we are having a good time at the wedding and... One of my buddies, Chuck, God rest his soul, he's, he's gone now, but he was a real jokester, this guy. So he comes up, hey, how you doing, Chuck? How's everything going? Oh, good. He says, you owe me seven bucks. It's an odd number. What do I owe you seven bucks for? Well, Chuck was a jokester. He's in the men's room, and there's a guy in the men's room with him that has one of those talk, how are you, one of those talk box things. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So Chuck said something. I don't know what it was. You know, the guy laughs, and as he laughs, this thing shoots out of his neck. Ugh. Right. Lands into the uh, to the trash can with all, like a thousand paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chuck Chuck panics. <laughs> right on it, though. I got to tell you, I got to give it to him. He takes it to the trash can, turns it upside down. Bends over to find this this guy's whatever the disc is or whatever that goes in his neck. You know? Yeah, yeah. As he bends over, he blows his pants out from front to back. Ah. Okay? So wait a second. The chain story. of events is the guy with the, what are they what they call cancer kazoos starts laughing, blows out whatever the transponder whatever is in his throat. That goes into the garbage. Your friend tries to help out and tears his pants. Blows it right out. Blows his pants right out. And he the, the best thing is he finds the thing, right? And the way he, you know, God bless him. He, I wish he could tell it himself. The way he described it was he grabs it and just, like, pokes it right back into the guy's hole. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my, here, man. Bang. Bang. Here. That's it. That's his yeah. story. So, so I'm getting to, to the point, like, okay, so, so I don't owe you seven bucks. But he didn't flinch. Went, went around a corner to the Kmart, bought a pair of pants for $7. <laughs> $7 dollars pants. Dude, that's that's, that's a hell of a story. It's like a mad yeah. lens, you know. <laughs> all true. Seven bucks. I love it. All right, thanks. Show Chris. me your finest seven dollar pants. Appreciate it, man. Wow, that's uh, all right. Interesting. <laughs> it's like the CVS collection, and dude. all the stuff like this happens at weddings all yeah. the time. Yeah, all the time. Um, weird things. I, I, we were watching a. A gal boobs slowly falling out of her top while my wife and I were dancing, and there was another couple, like you know, like two couples over. I'm like, I think she's gonna, I think her boobs are gonna fall out. And sure enough, they did. I didn't have the heart to go over and say, hey, by the way, your boobs are hanging yeah. out. Somebody else did, but I mean, it happens. Hey, your knock is swinging. Wedding receptions all the time. That stuff. Wow. I think because you're dealing with the type of um, clothing you don't wear often. Yeah. And you're inebriated a lot of times. Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, it was uh, an interesting uh, look at another wardrobe malfunction, and it happened on SNL over the weekend. Yep. Little Nas X uh, recovered from it. But thanks for sharing the stories. We appreciate it. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Acme Markets is making your grocery shopping and saving easier than ever. Download the Acme app to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks today. Use it to view the weekly ad, flip digital coupons, redeem rewards, and to shop in-store, delivery, or drive up and go. Open the Acme app, flip your deals, and then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Poppy seeds and other drugs. People in France are being warned uh, to be uh, avoiding eating poppy seed bread after tests found 
It contained morphine and codeine, <laughs> which could cause intoxication, vomiting, or nausea. Wow. French health officials are investigating the so far unexplained presence of the drugs in poppy seed baguettes and ready-made sandwiches made with poppy seed bread. These are the best baguettes I've ever had. <laughs> uh, poppy seeds do not normally contain opiates, and government investigators suspect that a batch of seeds supplied to bakeries could have been contaminated from the latex sap of the plant. Which contains alkaloids. Uh, So the investigators are unsure how much of the popular sandwich bread may have been contaminated. Jean-Claude Alvarez, head of the toxicology department of the Raymond Pioncare Hospital near Paris, said a single sandwich made with poppy seed bread could contain as much as four milligrams of morphine. The equivalent of nearly half a tablet of morphine sulfate, which is given to people suffering from cancer. Said, I strongly advise people do not eat poppy seed bread until we tell them otherwise. That's crazy. I mean, listen, I've heard of um, false positives showing up from poppy seeds. As as a result of that, but never this. That's crazy. So there's some kind of contamination. They said we must identify the source of the contamination and the companies that were supplied with this batch of seeds. Now, in a not really related story, but... Similar in the subject, a group of opium-addicted parrots in India have been terrorizing poppy farmers in recent months, creating a serious problem as the farmers have been experiencing monumental losses to their product during this cultivation season. Hey, Bubba. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Bubba. Isolated rainfall has currently caused a damper on this year's poppy product. However, the parrots are exponentially... Uh, adding to the farmer's distress, ruining the farmer's products in the process. Uh, they said the a local poppy cultivator said these opium-addicted parrots are wreaking havoc. Uh, they're junky parrots. Uh, they've started using loudspeakers to try and scare the birds off as well as uh, contact local authorities to attempt to find a solution to the problem. Junky parrots! Yeah, they said we've tried making loud sounds and even used firecrackers to scare the birds, but nothing has helped. And we're already suffering because of the uneven rain. I want to fix! And now this. Uh, cultivators have also resorted to guarding their fields day and night in order to curb the behavior of the parrot. That's insane. Isn't it, though? How messed up is this, man? A semi-truck driver is dead after an incident on Interstate 694 in Minnesota. Nelson Maze was driving south uh, when he braked, and it caused his load of steel beams to shift in the oh, cab, man. shooting forward <gasps> and killing him. So years ago, there was a series of films made for the uh, Ohio, I think, uh, State Patrol and it was a series of uh, driving films, Preston. And one of them, they had a truck that had the exact same thing happen. The guy was transporting copper tubing, slammed on the brakes, and these tubes went right through the back of the cab, oh, man. right through him. That's what happened to this guy. No crash occurred as a result of the incident. The driver was also unbelted at the time of the incident. He was driving a Kenworth uh, W900 semi. Uh, road conditions were listed as dry uh, when the fatality occurred. It's a freak accident. It's horrible. Uh, when a woman couldn't get money out of a St. Paul ATM, she was so teed off, she took a golf club out and started beating the machine. She had a golf club with her? They got video on it, yeah. Uh, it happened in the middle of the night, Wednesday. Police were called to the bank after an employee was alerted about the damaged ATM in the morning, but the, woman, the woman's identity wasn't a mystery. Her failed ATM transaction revealed her name, plus there was surveillance video of her. Uh, an investigation... Yeah. Cons- 
An investigation continues, and they have yet to arrest the woman. Surveillance cameras showed the woman trying to use the drive-up ATM at about 2.15 a.m. She got out of her sport utility vehicle, walked up to the cash machine. She swung the golf club at it, but slipped and fell. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that footage. I would, too. Next, she steadied herself, swung again, and she connected with the ATM this time. The machine's screen was damaged, required about a $2,000 repair job. You know, you start swinging a golf club, you, you know, that sucker can break a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got the weighted head on it. Absolutely. A Wisconsin man's attempt to play a prank on his neighbors ended up uh, devolving into a literal pandemonium last month. I'll explain. I'll explain. After police were called to a neighborhood and report of a suspicious animal, the Muskegee Police Department uh, said the incident took place after a resident contacted authorities to report a panda bear being spotted at the front door of a home. Hence the pandemonium. That would be it. The caller thought... The caller thought that it was suspicious since panda bears are not native to the Badger State. Uh, The caller said to the operator, it's a big teddy bear. Teddy bear, honest to God, they said when the caller, when the uh, uh, operator. Teddy bear. Officers responded to the home. They made contact with the panda bear who turned out to be a 48-year-old resident in costume. The man said that he'd have been asked to dog sit at a friend's house and thought dressing up to do it would be a fun prank. Okay. He said, I knew my neighbors had a security camera set up, and I thought, well, I'm going to make an uh, ordinary extraordinary, and I'm going to dress up in the panda outfit. Uh, So just as I was about to pivot up and walk up my lawn, I turn around and I see at least three squad cars with a fourth and fifth one coming in. Jesus. I don't think there's much going on in this town. (laughs) No. Uh, The man said... We have a panda situation. Said that he knew his neighbor had surveillance cameras. He wanted to prank him by donning the $125 suit. He said he also picked up his daughter from school in the suit and greeted her at the school bus since pandas are her favorite animal. All right, drop the bamboo and put your hands behind your head. Police eventually made contact with the homeowners who verified that the panda was allowed at their home. Let me tell you something. Uh, part of America's Funny Stone videos now is tons of doorbell video. I believe of it. People show, so, uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's just crazy how much stuff is being caught by those door cameras. And then one last story. A man called for jury duty in Hawaii shouted, he is guilty, he is guilty, outside a courtroom and ended up spending a night in jail. Oh, okay. That's according to a lawyer representing Jacob Maldonado. The uh, attorney says that Maldonado was having a bad day during Tuesday's outburst <laughs> and wanted to get out of being on a jury on an assault case. You were recently on jury duty. Don't they recommend that you go outside and yell how you feel about the case? Sure, you just yeah. scream out about yeah. it and they'll <laughs> let you go. Uh, the judge wasn't amused and ordered Maldonado's arrest on a contempt charge and set a $10,000 cash bail. Uh, he spent the night in jail. He was released without uh, being charged or fined. So, folks, when it comes to jury duty, all these myths about how to get out of it, yeah, don't even mess with them. <laughs> Just go do it and deal with it. And there you go. That's what I have in the Bizarre File for you this morning. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. Acme Markets is making your grocery shopping and saving easier than ever. 
Download the Acme app to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks today. Use it to view the weekly ad, clip digital coupons, redeem rewards, and to shop in-store, delivery, or drive up and go. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, and then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Which is brought to you by Natural Lawn. Natural Lawn of America is safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. Schedule your full-service program and get free seeding every year. Call 1-800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds. Guaranteed. Well, rumors circulating that it was an on-set romance between Pete Davidson and Kaylee Cuoco that accelerated her recent divorce. In a related story, literally nothing on earth makes sense anymore. (laughs) Conor uh, McGregor denying that he got into a dust-up with Machine Gun Kelly backstage at the MTV Video Awards after the musician refused to take a photo with the fighter. McGregor says he wouldn't waste his time with Machine Gun Kelly because, quote, Justin Bieber is the whole package and it feels like he's actually singing to you. Uh, Oh, my God. And finally, speaking of Machine Gun Kelly, his girlfriend Megan Fox stopping traffic in New York City as she was seen walking along in a lace bustier and miniskirt over thigh-high boots. Fox said it was part of her way of helping out the homeless living on the streets because they need boners, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's your Hollywood show. I hate to say this because it is handing over... One of my um, uh, one of my secret identities, if you will, my alter egos. Yeah, but Kathy noticed something. Oh my God! Yeah, she did, and uh, I don't even know what to do about that. But it's time for a different take on the notice. <laughs> I like to help you notice. Thank you, thank you. But Brought to you by Hooverman's Pound Cakes. <laughs> Somebody commented on a picture on my Instagram yesterday. I was like, I see pound cakes on the table. Oh my God! <laughs> like, oh, here we go. No, but this is this is purely an observation from you, something you noticed. Yes, yeah, so there is a gas station in Conshohocken, and I mean, I can't even tell you how long. For years, 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 it's the, the most expensive gas by far uh, in the entire area. And we kind of laugh at it, and anytime we see a car there, we're like... What's that person right, doing? Right, like, yo. literally, d- just drive a minute down the road and you'll get gas that's way cheaper. Like, nobody, if you live in the area, you don't go there for gas. Everyone sort of just laughs about it. And right down the street, there's now an Amazon center. Well, just the other day, there were Amazon trucks, like, three or four of them seen at the gas pump filling up at that gas station. Okay. So uh, More Than the Curve, which uh, is an online publication that writes all about Conshohocken, just posted and said, oh, I guess Jeff Bezos likes to buy the most expensive gas in Conshohocken. All right, so I usually don't glance at at gas prices. I just pull in, I get the gas, and I go away because it's usually fairly close, you know. And you're going to need it anyway. You're going to need it anyway. But I have on occasion gone, wow, you know, if if the number really pops like that. Uh, So this is... Head and shoulders more expensive. Yes, and like we say, we're like, they're purposefully um, pricing it so high. Like, what is the, so our Why would you do that knowing knowing that there's there's a a cheaper gas station right up the street? And, by the way, it's also not easy to get in and out of the parking lot. Right. So so it's also. It's got everything going for it. It's got everything going against it. Um, But you will see cars parked at the pumps, but they're parked there all day long. So it's. 
either an employee or I, I guess it's an employee that's there. So our theory is that they're running something illegal out of there. They park the cars at the pumps to make it look like people are buying gas, but really they're not. All right, so okay. here's the shock. I uh, I check every gas price every time I go and fill up the tank. Shocking. I know. Uh, I know you can't believe it, but um, noticed this yesterday as well. I sub-noticed Kathy's notice. and You were I, in Conchalk yesterday and saw it, right? Well, I was going to Trinity Rehab, Preston, and mm-hmm. it's on the right-hand side. It's this this Luke Oil gas station, and I did a double-take when I saw the gas prices. It was like 480 for some of them, and I was, you know, down here in, on Belmont, I, it's like traditionally like 320 or, or routinely 325, 330 or whatever. And so when you see it's a dollar fifty more than any of the other uh, prices in the area, it, it jumps out at you. There was a gas station. I don't know if this is a thing, Kathy, that you're bringing up, but it used to be on. Uh, they since tore it down. It was on Ridge, up at the the, the top of Ridge in in Manion, getting into Roxborough. It was on the corner, and the prices were ridiculous, like ridiculous. <laughs> and there was never anybody getting gas, and and it just I kind of just hung on, and there was. It just seemed like, what, I always joked with Cl- my wife, Claire, it was drive by, what the hell is, what are they doing in there? What are, that's what we, yeah. what are they doing in there? So maybe about, I want to say a year ago, I stopped into the convenience store. I forget why I went there, but for I didn't buy gas. Right. I just picked up something. I feel like maybe Jace needed a snack and we were like right. running out or whatever it was. But I, I remember walking in and it was like. Everyone just kind of stopped and looked, and there was one employee. What do you want? No, there was one employee and two people that were just in there. I don't know if they were employees or what yeah, they yeah. were, but they sort of like looked at me like, "Who are you? <laughs> and what do you want?" Because we know you're not buying gas here. Hey, it's nine hundred dollars. Is this at that five point intersection? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's yep. on the right hand side if you're going towards Trinity. If you, okay, if you're yeah. getting off of the blue route yep. onto yeah. it, and it's that right there. Yeah. Yep. As soon as you approach that, okay, yeah. I pulled in there not too long ago because I was on E. I mean, I was like, I have to fill up now. I didn't even look at the prices, but I think I remember going. What? I just paid a lot for gas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after filling up the tank, I'm like, I didn't know my tank was that big. That's me. That's how I rationalize. Yeah. My tank must have gotten larger. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to Dave. Hi there, Dave. Hey, Preston. How are you? Good. What's up, bud? So I was born and raised in Contra Hopkin, and that gas station is notoriously high. It's ridiculous. But our theory is that, one, 476 is right there, and two, the auto auction is Monday nights, Tuesday nights. That's right up the road, and large number of people come down from New York to purchase cars from the auto auction. Gas up right there and hop right on 476. Yeah, so it's in a location where people just might go, ah, F it, I'll just fill up here. Is that what you're saying there? Well, that, and because they come down from New York, they're already paying those prices. Right. They, they don't yeah, know yeah, the yeah, difference. Yeah. So, Dave, you don't you don't think my theory's correct that something illegal's going on in there? <laughs> well, something illegal goes on everywhere. <laughs> okay, thanks, man. Uh, here's a text. It says, uh, if this is indeed the gas station that's on the corner of Ridge and Chemical Road... Yep. The reason why the gas is so high there is because the rent for that plot of land is so high that they uh, pass it on to the customers to have to help pay for it. I only know it because a family member of mine used to work at the Home Depot up the street and had asked the owner of the gas station why the gas was so uh-huh. high. So uh, that's maybe feasible. that's what they're saying. You know, I mean, is, uh, These are all potential feasible. But it is there, there are those gas stations. There's one right near me. That I, I, I never see anyone gassing up. The prices are ridiculous. 
Well, and and right, Kathy, good. right across on the intersection is another, another mm-hmm. brightly lit, full-service <laughs> gas station with much lower prices. And really, the cars parked at the pumps, like, that baffles my mind. Right. What is, like, to me, it's they're making it look like people are pumping gas. But, right. again, I go by it multiple times a day. It will be the same car parked there all day. Real quick, somebody also texted and said that Amazon might have a special deal. Special deal. Worked out with them where they Maybe. get a cheaper price if they guarantee to be filling that, up there all the time. Which that does happen. Yes, like you a fleet rate. But I have seen other smaller kind of mom and pop gas stations that it, that would have cars regularly parked at the pump. And what is that? What is that? I would don't they, know. Would they have mannequins out there pretending they're pumping? <laughs> no, but they would. They would be parked there, and like it'd be the same ones, Kathy. Yeah. And there's clearly nobody pumping gas. And you you drive by later in the day, and the same car would still be sitting there. And I'm like, it's what? So I weird. Don't know what is that's that all about? To create the illusion that they're they're, ah, they're look at they're hopping over there. Yeah. And I don't know if it means that you know they the, the pump is out of order or, yeah. or what. But, but Kath, I know for a fact there's a gas station around the corner from that gas station that actually accepts Wendy's gift certificates for gas instead of uh, money because I did that one time at the gas station right around the corner from there. Mm. You guys don't remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember remember that. that story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had no money. You gave them Wendy's gift cards? Kathy, I had... Zero dollars, and like I didn't have my wallet, and I was on E, and I all I had was ten dollars of Wendy's gift cards, and I got five dollars worth of gas for it. It, it ended up <laughs> wait, working. Wait. Do you know which one? Which? Yeah, it's the one at, at North and and. Uh... Oh, that's my friend Kevin owns that one. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Kevin. So you just you traded it? You bartered? I bartered. Okay, yeah. I guess sometimes that works. If you have a soft spot in your heart for Wendy's. No, that gas station, they're actually very nice there. Um, I don't know if you remember, like a a couple of years ago, I talked about a guy who helped me with a nail in my tire, whatever it was, but we talked about him on the air, and it was that same gas station. Uh, This uh, text says it's it's the same as gas stations that are near airports charging more because people need them to fill up rental cars. That's true. And also turnpike gas stations are routinely higher as well. You you know what? There is a uh, rental car company right up the street as well and it's, and it's on that side of the road like everything like the ah. amazon the rental car company all on that side of the ah. road so they're reading the room reading the, the area listen to this text it says hey there's a funeral home in south philly that never has funerals <laughs> <laughs> born and raised around the corner never ever seen one since 16th and porter <laughs> oh, that's like the freaking lamp company that's around the corner from my house it's like sell lamps? it's been there forever there's never a car in the parking lot i know somebody who went in there and uh and the the person who worked there was like freak are you doing in here there's yeah. it's like a place that i pass by all the time and this is what it's, it's it's called oriental rugs and um and and i i pass by it it's been going out of business for yeah. about 30 uh-huh. years yeah and and i've never seen anyone going in it's always rug places rug why places. is it always rug places yeah. that have been going out, out of business. business for a dozen yeah. years i think because if they sell one rug they're back in business yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're so expensive. They're like, hey, all we got to do is turn the lights on. We saw one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wait, there's another place in Kanchi. It's called Deep Roots Grow Supply, and it's on 6th Avenue, and it is never opened. Huh. It, it's never, the do- like, it's always closed, and there's plants in there, and there's <laughs> lights in there. Somebody's watering the plants. Yeah. But no one is ever there. Is it possible the plants themselves are running the business? I and I don't even know what it, what it, yeah. What are they? What are they selling? I don't know. <laughs> what was that? Um, Dreams. There was a there was a sandwich shop in Jersey that there was a big hubbub about it last year. I want to say Victor Fiorello even had written an article about it because the the uh, maybe it was the uh, the real estate was insanely expensive for this little plot of land I that think it was I on. Remember that? Remember that? And right. they were doing all sorts of like you know 
investigative journalism on it. As to why it was so expensive? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, I vaguely well, remember that. This this does go to the thing of the, of the how do they stay in business sort of mm. observation. Sometimes you'll go down, and obviously prior to the pandemic, it might be a more... Uh, more of a head scratcher, but obviously a lot of small businesses took a massive hit. Mm-hmm. But when you see somebody, we sell turtle keychains. Right. We, that's all you sell? Very, very yeah. specific. Yeah. Let me go to uh, Andy here. Hi. Andy, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, Steve. Yes. I love you. I no. love you, too. Andy. What's up, Andy? So I went to school in Chester at Widener University. Yeah. And there was a uh, a billiard store that like said that it sold pool tables and other kind of like in-home games and stuff like that. Right, yeah, it's right at the corner of uh, like uh, the intersection of Fairview and uh, Chester Road, right? That's it. That's uh-huh. the one. Yeah, right next to Fizano Brothers. It, right. Did that it, not it, sell it, billiard tables? It, it's got to be a front for organized crime. I'm <laughs> well, we're not. We're, we're not. Sure. I think that's yeah, the standard yeah, assumption. Yeah. Right? That's what you think. No, you don't know what a business yeah. is. They're doing it's organized mob, crime. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it, it's a legit business. It's just that. You know, uh, pool tables aren't flying off the shelves. You know what I mean? That is a, uh, not that a is big a, line of people. Going, oh, no. my God, oh, my God. I'm going to out of pool tables before you get up to the door. Yeah, that is a big-time luxury item yeah, and yeah, a very, yeah. very specific item that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's not a store that's going to be hopping all the time. But when they do make a sale, they're going to make a, a they nice can open them back up again. All right. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Andy. Uh, here's a text that says, Kathy, Deep Roots, grows Supply, sells stuff online to grow weed. Uh. Well, that's what, because it's never <laughs> open. So, like... There has to be something else for it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're going to go back to the uh, uh, the gas thing. Uh, I'm going to go to Eric. Hey, Eric, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Rock and roll. Rock, Rock and roll. roll. Eric. What's up, buddy? <laughs> hey, so I don't know if you guys know South Jersey Casey. There's two that you're talking about. The one in Paulsboro is the deli. that just got caught. They made like $60,000 in two years, but they produced like $1.7 The guy right. was running some kind of scam. Out of the deli. It's like a big story right now. That's what it was. Okay. Yep. Okay. And the other one is in Cherry Hill for years. It's near Woodcrest Country Club. It's on Evesham Road. It's now gone. It was the gas was like when the gas was like two dollars. He was always three and four dollars. He never changed the price. You never saw a car in there except once in a while when you were desperate. Come to find out, it was like the police find an investigation. It was like a laundering front. Oh, yeah. Running money and pushing money through and cleaning the place. They were pushing money to the joint. We, okay. When we were at Y100, there was a gas station over in media. There was a gas station right next to us that seemed to do virtually no business. <laughs> uh, we'd go over and get snacks from their you know, their little uh, uh, convenience area. But uh, uh, And then it turned out, how many times was that place busted for selling drugs? Selling out? weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> selling pot out of there. Wish I would have known that. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's go to, uh, hang on. Leslie wants to talk about this particular gas station, Kathy. Uh, hi, Leslie. Good morning. Leslie, you are on the air. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, man? Hi, I'm with Um, yes, I'm talking about the gas station. They, uh, they purposely pump up the prices so that they lose the franchise of, so- that, particular, of that particular gas. They pump up the prices intentionally to lose the franchise? To lose the franchise because they want to keep, like, a mechanic shop or something. They want to keep that open, but they want to get rid of the gas. Okay, so I've seen that happen where you'll have a place that it does, it's a service center, does work on cars. Right. They have a gas component uh, that they, they uh, sometimes they'll just shut down that part of the business and you'll see non-working pumps out there. Is that what you're saying they're looking to do? 
Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking they're looking to do. Well, oh, this specific okay. gas station doesn't have a mechanic shop. No, Thanks, they don't. And, it, and well, it's a big lot. Like, it's a huge lot. It's right at the corner. It has a lot of land, and it's not even taking up half of it, and no one's going there, so no one's using, like, the yeah. parking spots or anything. It's insane real estate right there. Uh, hey, Leslie, do you, I mean, do you, I don't know if you have any sort of acute knowledge of how much money you can make off of gas and, you know, why somebody would do that and just stick to the, you know, uh, mechanic business and, and not the gas. It just seems to me that you're just kind of throwing money away to do it that way. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but I, I used to live in Springfield, and uh, you know we're in front of the Wawa there at Springfield? Oh, yeah, you got a Springfield uh, accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what, uh, Saxer and, uh, and Leamy? No, it was uh, Bishop and Oswald uh, Bike. I know exactly what you're talking about. Come on, it's a Delco, baby. They, they, like 10, 15 years ago, they pumped the prices up for that, and that's what we were told. They're... They want to lose the franchise. All right. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out how that would benefit them. Thanks, but, uh, Yeah, but uh, it, maybe that's the case. Well, you have to. Uh, listen, if you're going to, because I, you know, my, um, uh, we used to have an intern here, Vinny. And yes. His, his father owned a gas station. Right. And they had, they were under one franchise. And I know that the father didn't care uh, for that franchise. So the gas, the, the gas providing franchise, the yes. company they were working with, they were under one. Yes. And then they and also so do- now they're Liberty. And so he I, somehow had to get out of that agreement. Uh, it's well, you know it's interesting. Well, I'm always leery. I'm always leery of going to a place where I don't recognize the name of gas station yeah, yeah, because you've always heard stories about watering down gas and right. stuff like yeah. that. So so take Wawa for example, right? Yeah. They they built all the super super Wawas and added gas stations to every single one of them. Right. right? Every new Wawa that comes in, with a, a few rare exceptions, has gas stations now. And the reason, part of the reason why Wawa gas is usually cheaper than most of the other gas stations in the area is because they don't want you to come in to buy the gas. They want you to come in to Wawa to buy the food. That's where Wawa ends up making a profit center. I want so, it, so they get you in by offering up gas at a, at a good uh, price, and then you're going to go in and buy the hoagies and everything else you get in the so Wawa. Do, do most businesses, so so 7-Eleven purchased uh, most of the Sunoco stations, I believe all of them, um, so that so they now have a convenience store slash gas station right. element. See, but I would think that, well, what? I would think it would be opposite. That the gas would make you that money. That the gas is making them the most it's money. It's such a competitive business. There are so many gas stations in the area that this Luke Oil in, in Conchi is the exception. You know, when they when they jack it up and people aren't going to the to there, so they could make a profit, except that they're not getting enough people coming in except uh, for the Amazon I see. I see Nick's point because uh, Wawa has gas and other things to sell. Right. Gas right. stations mainly just have gas to sell, so if they undercut you... On the gas, your chances are you're going to stop it and grab something too. Exactly, right? and and in the long run, you're going to make more money. Well, what about the that. lucrative car uh, deodorizer business? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can get yeah. at most gas stations. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. But that. like, there, there's a decent—I don't want to call it a markup, but a, a, a decent profit margin on like coffee and stuff like right. that. So when when um, places were giving away free donuts for for one reason or right, another. Right, right. The idea is, like, if we're going to give away this donut, because your chances are you're going to come in, you're going to buy coffee with that donut, you're right? Your transmission repair. <laughs> you're getting your transmission repair <laughs> along with it. Right. <laughs> no, it's like uh, when you go to a bar, you know, uh, sometimes yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll give you free snacks. Yeah. You sit there and you eat the snacks, you're going to buy the drinks right. while you're there, and that's where the money's made. The business models are interesting because, uh, you know, when you learn that for movie theaters, the real money's made at the concessions, mm-hmm. that yeah. the, 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 it's, it's not the tickets, it's yeah. not the people coming in to buy the tickets exclusively to see the movie, yeah. it, that's why you have such a substantive markup on all that concession food. Yeah, but I wonder, yeah, why they why this particular gas station they just keep it that much <laughs> higher. Like well, like Kathy was saying a dollar dollar 50 higher a gallon. That's Yeah. That a gallon adds like up. what? Yeah. yeah. 
It's going to be way and, and I'm with you. Like, I can do a cent, you know, maybe two cents, something like that. You know, like, if there's a gas station, like, right across the street from each other, you know, I'm like, okay. I don't feel like making a left here. I'll just make the right, and I'll yeah. pay you the extra dollar per gallon. Or no, I mean, a cent it's a dollar fifty more cent per gallon, yeah. but a dollar. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go to Amy. Hi, Amy. Good morning, Meemer. Meemer. <laughs> What's up, Amy? So we were without a washer and dryer for almost a year because of an addition we were having built, and so we always were trying to find a laundromat that was fairly close but clean and not busy because a lot of them are just nasty and yes. you don't want to wait. And there was one down the street a little ways in Claymont, Delaware, and it was perfectly clean. It lights were always on and bright. There was never anyone in there, and the door was always locked. And it did have hours posted, and this is what was crazy. The hours said they were like Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, which nobody does laundry at that time. But even then when I went there, they were still not open. So I think they were literally laundering money. I th- it's, it's quite possible. Would, Most of the laundries I've ever gone to have been like 24-hour laundries. Yes. Yeah. And, and we go there common. immediately, though. Nobody used it, I guess. Like oh, yeah, she's, no yeah. she's going to money laundering. Yeah, it's, Mine's it's, uh, a drug Sex ring. trafficking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, thanks, they're, Amy. They're not open. They're a curio shop on the corner. I bet you they're running arms across the border. Uh, the formula that Nick had described about, uh, you know, taking a loss on, on one product and, and getting uh, business on the other apparently is a business model called a loss leader business. Yeah. Uh, it takes a deliberate hit or break even on uh, uh, or, or break even on something and then profits from the other sales once you're in. That, that's a standard, right, uh, yeah. approach? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> All right, let me, go to, let me go to Mark. Hey, Mark, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, Mark? So my wife used to work down South Philly at uh, St. Agnes Medical Center, mm-hmm. and her and one of her friends went out for lunch one day. And uh, they went to a little ice cream shop that they saw down the street they'd never been to before. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they walked in, they saw just a bunch of guys sitting around a table in, like, dark suits. <laughs> and uh, the lights were kind of dim. And uh, they said, to her, what do you guys want? Like, we want ice cream. I'm like, I think you should leave now. <laughs> I think you should leave now? <laughs> okay. So that's like unfriendlies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Let Thanks, Mark. Street. You come into the store that says ice cream outside, and you're looking for ice cream. I'm gonna break your legs. Wow! It sounds like they were they were planning the hit for Tommy and Goodfellas, <laughs> right, yeah. and uh, and they knew didn't want anybody in there. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, it's a bit of a mystery, uh, but an interesting one nonetheless. We got started on this because Kathy was the noticer. She noticed this uh, <laughs> gas station over the past few years has been. As prices That's a mystery. significantly higher than others, and uh, lots of Amazon vans gassing up there now. But uh, it might be exclusively, like for the most part, an Amazon stop if they've struck a deal with Amazon. But it was uh, it was pointed out on uh, more than the curve, the Conshock, and uh, is that a? Um, by the way, more than the curve is that Facebook or is that just a website or what is it? I mean, he's on social media, but it, it's um, a website. It's just like a local, you know, gives you all the local news. Yeah, within but I wasn't sure if it, was, if it was a website or if it's just a, a group on Facebook or no, whatever. yeah, so, he, okay. it, it's a it's a website more than the curve Okay, interesting. All right, listen, uh, want us to take a break because we need to stay on time, obviously, for the MMR money clip, and that is coming up at eight o'clock, so not too far away. Uh, we've got the bizarre file and actually a guest coming up uh, when we yes. return. so we'll do that stuff. In just a second, stay with us this morning.